What else? What else? What else? Hey, everybody. It's the Boy Heidi Podcast, Land of What Else? Uh, according to my Lego calendar, it is. this is the podcast for Saturday, January 12th, You have a Lego calendar? Yes! It's got, it's got Indiana Jones and Boba Fett on it. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay, it's actually, actually made adorable. of Legos. So there's a specific, you can get it, I think it's on Amazon.com. You can get it. I bought it for myself as a Christmas gift. That's adorable, It's a Lego calendar. We have to rebuild it for every month. Yeah, I was gonna that's say. kind of part yeah. of the fun. Is yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, unfortunately, if you put the number numbers in the wrong order, it no longer works. <laughs> I was gonna say, so you, you can't have to pay get attention. Free form with it, you have to build it yourself. You can't give it to your five year old child if you have a five year old child. You On can't... the other hand, you have a really good sense when it's all done of the order of the month. Yeah, that's smart actually. Teacher, oh, so you just teach your kids how to fucking count with this goddamn thing, I guess. Did you have a you had a very merry Lego Christmas, didn't you, Bill? Oh, I Lego up the ass! Yeah, because my folks got me a the Lego Winter set for a combined uh, birthday and Christmas gift, mm-hmm. which took me... Oh, I, we, I mentioned this you, on the podcast yeah. before. It took me three fucking days to build that thing. Yeah. And not just, like, over the course of three days, but three eight-hour days yeah. to build this Lego Winter Cottage set. This is, you know, this is the thing I've been freaking out about because it has a light-up fireplace, which I think Maxwell, friend of the podcast, uh, Maxwell Motley, didn't she send us photos... I think she was the one who said, oh, I have that. And she sent us photos of the light-up fireplace after I freaked out about it on oh, the yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh. I'm Annie. That's Bill. That's Bill. We're back again after, uh, thank you for, if, for to anyone who listened to our epic four-hour podcast <laughs> last week. You know, I need to look at our stats. I, there's got to be a way in our stats to tell if anyone actually finishes our podcast. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. <laughs> I mean, last hour, it was, it was an action-packed four hours. It was. It wasn't just like 45 minutes of us going, I like soup. You know what, Cam? I like the creamy mushrooms. <laughs> To be fair, we do also talk about low how much, sodium creamy how much chicken isn't very. Oh my god! I so I did like because creamy soups, but that's like good winter food. It is, and so I was like, "Fuck, man!" The store had like Campbell's canned soup. Oh my god! I can't believe I'm talking about this on a podcast. I sound like a <laughs> I like how we just said we <laughs> talk about soup, and then you use that as a segue to talk Hi, about soup. They had they had creamy Campbell's soup in cans uh-huh. for a dollar uh-huh. at the store. So I loaded up on that shit, and I was like, I'm trying to eat a little bit healthier. And I was like, man, they have cream of chicken soup. This is actually the first Coke I've had since Christmas. Good on you. Except for the one I had last week, when we recorded last so week. So you have, you have your Coke on during Boy House. Oh, this is the other thing. Uh, I, I thought, like, by not drinking Coke, I was like, oh, man, I'm going to get caffeine headaches. And I did, you know, from caffeine withdrawal. Because, yeah. you know, you, like, this is my only source of uh, caffeine, really, is drinking Coke. Mm-hmm. And so I stopped drinking Coke. Uh, but then I, did, uh, I picked up some diet sodas, like some diet sunkist or something like that, and I was like, "Oh man, I have like caffeine withdrawal headaches, but it, it'll be a bummer to like." Anyway, I I'm having a stroke. I try to how do 
I put this into words. Diet is not caffeine free though. Did you get diet and caffeine free? I was or? like lamenting the fact that I was like, I'll drink the diet sun kissed. Yeah, no, it turns out actually this diet diet sodas have more caffeine than normal yeah, sodas. Yeah, they do. No idea. You have to diet soda will fuck you up. Let's put it this way: like, I'm like I was trying to recall. Yeah, I was getting this huge caffeine headache, and I was like, oh man, well I'll drink some diet uh, sun kissed just on a whim. Like I was tempted to like drink a coke. But I was like, and I drunk the, like I had a sip of the diet sun kissed, and that headache went poof. Yeah. I was like, what the hell's in this shit? And I looked at the label. <laughs> anyway, back to soup. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna turn how how many awkward pauses I can insert in the conversation about soup. No, anyway, so I bought this like low sodium, fat free. Do not oh, if you're gonna buy cream nasty. of soups, do not get fat free. Why bother? Fat free cream of chicken, and it was like elephant semen <laughs> in a can. Like I opened it up, and it wasn't even the same color consistency yeah. as the normal stuff. It wasn't even trying to pretend to be like the old soup where they added a bunch of extra chemicals so it could at least kind of like, you know, at least Diet Coke looks like old Coke. This would be like if you open up the thing at Diet Coke and it's green with shit wiggling in it. You're like, fuck no. Yeah. So I taste a little bit of it. It tasted like can. Yeah. There's no cream or chicken taste to this yeah. like, low-sodium, fat-free, cream of chicken soup. So I, I just threw it away, and then I just made some ramen. Good on you. Uh, Good old sodium-free <laughs> ramen. <laughs> this week in Adventures of Bill, the stuff you bought at the store... Is now comes to a close. <laughs> yeah, di- the things they do to diet drinks and beverages to make them diet are not I've worth heard, this the trade This is why I don't go on diets. Oh my yeah. god, it's either well, that. No, well, no you, you know what you do, Bill? You stop <laughs> drinking soda. <laughs> no, but, but uh, I don't drink tea. I don't drink coffee. But I don't drink. Well, then drink tea. tea. Then drink tea. Tea is nasty. Well, you gotta tea find the is, tea you like. It's filtered dirt water. You gotta find the tea you like. Uh, I found what's your a favorite tea? peppermint tea that is my favorite tea right now. Is she lack of caffeine? That's why I can't process thoughts correctly. That's why but, I'm like, <gasps> Bill, you lack caffeine for like a week, and then your body adjusts, and then you're healthier. Well, uh, my body suggested that <laughs> caffeine's so good right now. Oh my god. But yeah, no, I've been drinking that Diet Sunkiss, which is actually pretty good. Yeah. When like, I was in Texas, yeah. I would drink, like, a 12-pack of soda a week without thinking about it. That's terrible for you. You can't do that shit. Yeah, it's all chemical. It's a soda, so it's all chemicals anyway. Exactly. It's just like the non-diet just has sugar in it. When I die, it's my like- body is going to be perfectly preserved in Dr. Pepper, despite the fact that I haven't <laughs> drunk any in yeah. 50 years. Diet, diet soda is not the healthy alternative to anything, but yeah. Anyway, so that's, yeah. that was what I was up to this week. Here, I'm adding show notes. Talk a little more. <laughs> Uh, what do I think? I almost watched Judge Dredd last night. You but almost I didn't Because I didn't want to make this podcast too long. But then I went ahead and spent 15 minutes talking about soup. <laughs> Even though we started the podcast with me joking about how much we'd be talking Ooh, about soup. Lordy. Oh, I need to speak. I need to take my vitamins. I'm going to piss off Grumpy Turtle, a listener of the podcast, Grumpy Turtle, who hates it when we eat shit. I forgot to take my vitamins, which are my gummy vitamins. Beloved listeners of the Boy Howdy Cup podcast, inform us of what irritates you, and I guarantee you that we will probably I hate fat people in the podcast. Well, <laughs> what the fuck? I hate basement dwelling white people. Oh, if you want something to snack on, I've got some Thin Mints there that a friend gave us for Christmas that I haven't opened These yet. These are like fancy Thin Mints. Are they? I can tell well, if they're Thin like... Mints, Thin Mints, quote unquote Thin Mints, most people associate with Girl Scout cookies. Are and those cookies? No, there's, I think those are just like the candy. Haviland singular chocolate. Dark chocolate covered Thin Mints. 63% Cocoa. The lady who gave that to us, she was driving a gold car when she threw those out the window at us while we were Christmas caroling. Wiped her butt with it. Um, tossed it out the window. Yeah, so what, how was your week? Um, I had a pretty low-key week. Yeah? 
work was stressful, so I stressed out about work. And God, what did I do this week? And he works as as a bowel adjuster. <laughs> Adjusting bowels. And you know what? I lost my tools, so I had to do it by hand. It was just awful. No, I Isn't can't... Isn't that what they do when you go to the lady doctor? They Don't they push around your bowels? To find your uterus? That's the pelvic exam, right? What did I do this week? You didn't go to... Last Saturday <laughs> night, after... Wow, look at I'm just gonna... I'm gonna coast right by that one. Um, I... Okay, here's a poll for the podcast. If you've gotten to the lady doctor... You know doctor, what? No. You know what? One of the Boy Hottie listeners, after the Mike Russell podcast, pointed out, you know what Mike Russell's solution to Bill saying terrible things and talking over you is to keep talking. So I'm just going to fucking keep talking. What did I do this week? Right after we recorded the podcast I last week, so I, I went to go see Django Unchained and had a great time. Yeah. This is the second oh, except for Tarantino the film in a row that I've seen that um, they, someone has brought a child. The last time it was particularly egregious because it was a midnight showing of the Inglorious Bastards. You know what? You must have gone to do sh- sh- uh, showings because I went to a sh- uh, showing of Inglorious Bastards with you. Well, we went in the middle of the day and there was a goddamn yeah. three-year-old in the audience. Yeah, but the midnight screening, someone had brought a newborn. Sorry, my pen just leaked down. Oh, I was writing the word butthole in my hand. Anyway, go ahead. Life's hard. The, so that was pretty egregious. But in that screening, no one said anything because it was just like, "Are you the kidding me?" It was pretty quiet. It was just the fact that like you saw. No, no, no I'm talking a... about the midnight screening. That, well, I'm talking about the screening I went with you for yeah. various bastards. Yeah. But my point is, is that is no this one... kid loud? No, because no, okay. it, it was like it, it it fussed a little bit, it, but it, it was like. <laughs> it but I mean, fussed. you know, to be fair, which the any robot, person, it screamed. any human that should do a watching the Inglorious Bastards, I can't believe they would. Twice. I can't believe a theater would actually let anyone bring. See, well, you know, legally, if you're with the Guardian. And it's these people who are like either too cool, I'm too cool, or don't want to spend the money on a, on a on a fucking babysitter. Guess what? You're gonna spend that money and then some on therapy ten years later. Fucking. Though what was great was during Django, packed fucking theater, Saturday night, um, early sc- like maybe eight o'clock screenings, yeah. just like packed with human beings, and the this asshole brings in their three year old, and I'm just so I'm mad at this point because I'm like no. Halfway through the film, spoilers, there's a, a man is attacked by dogs. And it's it's kind of... cute puppies, they kind of roll around. And... It's kind of off-screen, sort of. But they're screaming and yeah. flesh-tearing sounds. And, but and, later yeah, in the it's... film, it is on-screen. A character flashbacks to it, and you see limbs get torn apart and shit. Well, right before the... Thank God right before the second one. Um, the A guy actually stood up in the audience... And, and he stood up in his chair, he turned to the parent, and he said, all right, you've proved your point. Is this really what you want to show to your child? Is this how you want to show them violence in this sort of context? You should be ashamed. Shame on you. How old was this person? Was it an older person? It or? was a packed theater. I was in the back, and he was like oh, you just heard four the, rows yeah. in. I could see him distantly in the dark and hear him, but I could not really wow. make out his Did features. they leave with the kid? Well, they, he sat. he stood there and stared at the parent for however long. And then sat down. And then about five minutes later, they just snuck the, out. The mom left with her baby. I don't know if I don't. I don't know. I didn't see. So the kid, yeah. So the kid wasn't like making commotion or anything no. like that. It's just like in the middle. It was just that this movie. I, I'm glad because they left right before a the flashback where you can see a dog, a man being torn apart by dogs, and b before Django's person... big shootout. Yeah, which was I would argue. One of the more grisly things Tarantino has ever put to film, just for the sheer amount of squibs. What time of night was the screening? It was an 8 o'clock screening. 8 o'clock. It wasn't midnight. But no. still, just still, Christ. It's a how, Tarantino How movie. much of a terrible parent do you have to be? That, I mean, that's Portland parenting in a nutshell. 
where ah, I don't have to worry about babysitting my kid. I don't know. My kid's going to be tough and cool. I'm going to take my kid, my three-year-old to Quentin Tarantino yeah. movie. But how stupid do you have to be to take anyone under the age of 12 to, to a, a Tarantino Quint movie? Do you know what it's going to be like? Because, I mean, like everyone's like, oh, well, you know, my parents took me to see Alien. Oh, my parents took me to see this sci-fi movie. I would say there was a wide gulf between your parents taking you to see... It may be age inappropriate, but like a horror sci-fi or like movie like that versus a Tarantino movie, which you know is going to involve language and violence. You know, by yeah. putting that page, that ticket. fucked up sex shit. Yeah. Like it's, it's like, that is yeah. a guarantee. I was so, I, I I actually wanted to stand up and clap. It was, I was so grateful. Were you with me and Foley? Were the three of us together when I went to go see the last Harry Potter movie and the kids started dancing in no, front of the screen? No, we didn't just go me with and you, Foley, but you right? told me about that. Yeah, oh, I, I this is another Portland parenting moment where I went to go see the last Harry Potter movie, me and Foley, when we went together. And uh, 20 minutes before the ending, this little girl got up. It was one of the, th of the theaters where they had a little stage in front of the theater that was flush up against the bottom of the screen. So if yeah. somebody walked up on that stage, they were like, in front of the screen. You like you could not not see them if you're looking at the screen. Yeah. And so like this little 3-year-old girl, like she's like 3 or 4, gets up on the runs up on top of the stage and starts dancing and stuff like that. And she does this for 5 minutes until start people start booing and start yelling at the parents like get her off yeah. the screen, get her off the screen. Ugh. And the parents didn't and she kept on uh, getting up and dancing for all throughout the climax of the movie. <laughs> it wasn't until oh, pretty gosh. much right until the epilogue starts we get to see all the Harry Potter characters older the the parents finally scooped her up and all ran it was it was two parents and like five kids Ugh. all just ran like finally went up on the stage grabbed the daughter and they all ran out because people were yelling at them like I like get it was like that crowd turned against them it was yeah. yeah I get that when you're a parent having a baby cramps your style you have to yeah. change your life that means you have to change your life it's like getting a dog that means that hey guess what you have you're responsible for this tiny person yeah. And there's also to... a social contract where, like, exactly. if you're going to be a public thing, you have to make sure, you can't, you're, just because you're so used to your precocious shithead being a shithead all the time, doesn't necessarily mean you have to subject everyone around you to that. I mean, there's a line, and I'm sympathetic to a point, but you have, but, so, no, so there's you go, a certain point where your kid, yeah. yeah. So if you go see Harry Potter, arguably Harry Potter, quote unquote, kids movie, whatever, but once your kid starts acting like a shit, you're Dancing a responsible in front of the human being, the last 15 minutes and you do movie. something about it. Yeah. I don't care if that's you grab your kid and take them out and talk to them yeah. and then come back or you leave, but you do that on your own. You're ruining you don't an experience for like 300 people in a room. Yeah. yeah it's, and it's... teaching that kid that that's socially acceptable. Yeah. You know, it's weird. People are weird. And anyway. There's, there's something about Portland where it is Portland parenting where everyone just thinks like, oh, my kid's so precocious. They're so special. They should be allowed to do this. Like, oh, like... There's, yeah. there's, there's, like, they they think there's, like, for some reason it's more acceptable just because, you know, they, like... Because we're Portland. It's, yeah, because it's Portland. Everyone, everyone's a goddamn special snowflake. And it's just like, oh, God, I hate to freak out about this for so long, but... It it's did such a remind me... Because I didn't see this shit happen nearly as much when I lived in Pittsburgh. Yeah. But when, as soon as I moved out to Portland, it seems like every other time you go out to the theater, there's some, like... Exactly, the last two Tarantino movies I've seen, there's been a goddamn three-year-old in the This audience. is the advantage of going to movies, theaters that serve alcohol. Yeah, because, yeah, they will just kick <laughs> After people. a certain yeah. point, legally, they can't have children in the theater, oh. so that's helpful. Anyway, Django Unchained. It's a good I movie. It. I enjoyed it. How, how's it ranked for you for as far as Quentin Tarantino? So this movies? is interesting. I've talked to a lot of people where it's become their number one. I, if it weren't so much like Inglorious Bastards, I might be tempted to, because Inglorious Bastards is still my favorite. See, Inglorious Bastards it's is like my number one. Inglorious Bastards, just because the crux of the movie, spoilers for Inglorious Bastards, is the good guys, uh, 
in disguise, infiltrating yeah. a bad guy place. Yeah. Having drinks with the bad guys, and suddenly they get found. The good guys get found out by the bad guys. And there's a big shootout where one of the main characters dies. I didn't that find whole, that, that whole structure. I didn't find that structure problematic. I think the reason why I prefer no, it just he just did that in Glorious Bastards. Sure. When 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 that stuff started happening in, in Django Unchained, I was like, oh, is this just going to be like? Is that I'd just going to happen again? I would say that it was. I think it was dramatic, presented dramatically differently in each. It film. was different, but so not I don't like, that was any... the first time I ever noticed in Quentin you Tarantino movie. You may as well say, "Oh, Tarantino." It's always revenge fantasy. It's always incredibly justified revenge fantasy. But there's it's all a about... specific kind of twist that yeah, all happened, that, that he just about... happened to do in his last movie, which was yeah. not that surprising. Brutal yeah. violence versus justice. It's also preempted by a big violence. social thing where a character, like the the person who causes problems for the characters, gives a big speech about blah, blah, blah. In Inglorious Bastards, it's about King Kong and, yeah. and black people. In this one, it's about dimples and the skulls of black people. Yeah. And like, yeah. So it's structurally just similar, but yeah. It's, it's, my it's my thing is that Inglorious had a B-plot. Yeah. Django is all A with like smattering like little moments of, of other people in the world that kind of help develop the world. Yeah. And I enjoyed all this smattering. But ultimately, I don't think Django is a compelling enough character to carry a whole film. Well, that was he's my... just a machine of destruction. Do, do you think he's less compelling than Beatrix Kiddo? Dramatically. Yeah. Beatrix, we get to get inside her head and see her thoughts and feelings. This is a problem you have in any movie where a large percentage of the movie, a character is pretending to be someone else, is that you don't know their character. Yeah, because you know? they've, they've put on a face and you don't get to see them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Django spends most of this movie disguised, either A, disguised as someone else, or B, in a position where he's been so crushed that he can't really articulate who he is beyond his love of his wife. Yeah. And, I, and I think Jimmy I Fox like did an amazing job. Yeah. I Not enough to great. get an Oscar nomination, blah, blah, blah. The costuming, it was fucking amazing. I love his, especially his costume, both yeah. his, his silly little Lord Fauntleroy outfit. Yeah. And his, like, badass, like, sheepskin that. coat. That was a great moment. But it's funny, because, like, I've seen people already write big essays about how that also reflects black culture and that, like, you know, press people, the moment they get an opportunity, they dress themselves in the most ridiculous version of what they think is they essentially bling themselves out mm-hmm. and it's funny that you can make fun of like uh, Django in that movie for doing that but people point out like as soon as like you know black people coming up from poor cultures as soon as they get money they suddenly you know get pimp coats and See, shit like I that I would argue that he was presented weird... in a scenario where he has to play a character and so he picked what he thought well, was well also that too yeah well there's the... all that also that but it's just funny I've seen uh, reactions online where people have kind of just equipped that like oh that's like that's like those silly. That's why those silly rappers do the same thing because they're cultural slaves and blah 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 blah. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, with any Tarantino movie involving kind of any kind of race or any political stuff, you're really going to see everyone's going to be overanalyzing the shit out of every goddamn. I fucking love movie. Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz. I yeah. love that Christoph Waltz has become Tarantino's muse yeah, in a weird way. Yeah. I, I love that he's, he's really the good at Thurman. Also, when you've got like a like a bit of a Viennese accent, it's yeah. also he delivers that the. Those just really articulate speeches just really well. He's really yeah. good at just managing giant he, blocks of yeah. just talk. His yeah. he, better he, than I can. That's for he sure. makes Tarantino because the whole thing about Tarantino is very smart in who he casts in his film because he writes weird fucking characters and if you're not careful you will become a caricature of a Tarantino character as opposed to a well, real like I said character. that's kind of the death proof problem where if you're not that much of an experienced actor or you don't have your own kind of experience built up you you end up bringing your own personality to the project then you're just you're just kind of aping Samuel Jackson or something like that yeah I 
Anyway, the um, but yeah, Christoph Waltz. I want Tarantino just to write eight more movies for Christoph Waltz. I really, really well, he's do. Well, he, he is the white Samuel Jackson for him. Where it's like <laughs> dialogue coming out of both those guys' mouths. Yeah, is, is, uh, sound perfect, but a completely it's different. Magical. Like Samuel Jackson. Well, and they magical. both get to show off their their chops in this movie too. Yeah, yeah. I well, okay. This is my uh, arguably my favorite moment in all of Django Unchained. Just because I was like, are you fucking kidding me, Foley? We're sitting there, and there's the scene where um they first go to the small town in Texas and Christoph Waltz and Django and, and everyone's whatever, staring yeah. at him why is he on a horse and there's this one brief shot of a woman looking out a window above the hotel or whatever and after the movie we're ta- where you know Foley and I are talking Foley goes that was Amber Tamblin in the window who's Amber Tamblin she um, is a young actress she's dating or possibly married now to David Cross what she and it's and I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? You eyeballed Amber Tamblyn in the two like half second was that shots her? that she was in. It was in the credits. It's Amber Tamblyn as Woman in Window or whatever, credited before half the actual how people. Many, how many Amber Tamblyn Tamber? How what's her name? Amber, Amber Tamblyn. It's a name just to spit out. How many fan sites of hers does Foley run? Like, what's done? <laughs> we have never really, like, it was just funny. So out of I'm, the blue. I'm assuming Foley had a little bit of, the slightest bis, uh, bits of orgasms when Zoe Bell showed up. Dude, they costumed her in such a way that emphasized her glorious eyes. Did you read the thing with the costumer this week? What? The costumer said that, the, so Zoe Bell, who's our favorite Kiwi stunt woman, and she's she was highlighted in, in a weird way where you're like, what the hell is this character? She well, yeah, feels she, like there's a deleted scene or something there explaining is. why she's so. So she has, she's, she's this woman amongst this group of totally like the nastiest men possible including Tom Savini yes yeah and she has this red bandana on her face she's a very striking character and she kind of stands out in these shots just because she's a woman in this moment she essentially and, is um, just there watching this guy get ripped apart by yeah, dogs she doesn't do anything in the film a moment later where she's like looking at this little daguerreotype yeah where she's where she's looking at the um stereoscope oh that's what it is yeah but yeah no so there's there's this thing like with a cost the costumer for Django was being interviewed and they said that she, the thing is that she has the red scarf because she has no jaw that's really? why she never speaks and I'm like, Tarantino, you big old weirdo. Did they say if it, like, got shot off or something No, like no that? one, that's the extent of the thing. Well. Yeah. But that's yeah. it. That, that's the whole Zoe point. Because she's so conspicuous in that little yeah. bit part. Yeah, it's, it's so, so funny. Well, Even to be fair. who it is, because I've seen people online kind of like, what the, what's the point of that red lady with the red scarf? Because yeah. it's so, like, yeah, he kind of, like, The point of the red lady in the red scarf is that I will write a series of fan fiction about the lady with the red scarf. That's yeah. the point. What do you think of the editing? That was the thing that was most interesting. So this is the first post-Sally Mankey Tarantino movie. I There were two ways you could go. You could either try to be Sally Mankey or try to be something different. Yeah. And I thought he tried to be something different. And I thought he did a fine job. Um, the only the, the, This is the only other, other problem I had with the movie is it feels like it's 20 minutes too long. Because mm-hmm. you think oh, the yeah. movie's you heading the movie's to over. the climax <laughs> and suddenly there's 20 more minutes of movie. Yeah. And also that 20 minutes of movie includes Quentin Tarantino in the world's worst Australian accent. He sounds like he's a bad guy from a Power Rangers show. I would argue that I did not object to Tarantino's Australian accent just because he's not a good actor. So you may as well distract his bad acting with a bad accent. He doesn't sound like he's Australian. It sounds like he's got head damage. It's bizarre. It was bizarre that the movie ostensibly had its um, uh, moment of catharsis and climax and then kept going. keeps on going, yeah. Yeah, especially because uh, there's the well, the 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 big climax is this big shootout, yeah. And you think he's gonna win, he doesn't win, and then he gets like like instead of like killing him like they should. Well, it's a weird commentary on who the quote unquote real villain of the movie is. How so? Well, it's like the whole point is that who you think is the villain is killed, 
But in the end, the real villain is Samuel Jackson's character. Yeah, well, he he is kind of the villain in that, like, well, he did facilitate their well, plan the going to hell. Well, the whole point is that what what who is the real villain in this context is those who are complacent. They set that up at the beginning, though. They where... do. He says, like, the only thing I hate more than, you know, the only person who's hated more than a black slaver is a, the head of the house, or whatever he says. He says the head, he says the house black person. <laughs> Goddamn, white people cannot talk about this movie and not sound like assholes. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, no, exactly, the costuming yeah. was glorious. There's a thing that Tarantino does well, that I wish he would stop. There, that's an interesting thing they touch upon, which yeah. is yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Uh, I don't think as white people we're allowed to even comment on. It, but that's <laughs> I like the fact that they touch upon. It. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. The one guy needs to be taken out at the end. Yeah, it's not. It's Samuel Jackson. It's not fucking Inception. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the who did Inception did an amazing job in this film. I thought I hear supposedly uh, they ran out of money working on uh, making the Great Gatsby, so they're just gonna uh, splice in the ending. Uh, <laughs> This movie and the Great that Gatsby? That can only improve The Great Gatsby. I'm going to throw that out there. <laughs> oh, my God. The, um, uh, there's a thing that Tarantino does that I wish he would stop doing. He did... He It was worse... Being in his own movies? No. He's so old and fat and doughy, too, so even when he shows up now, he just looks like a cookie monster. It was worse in oh. Death Proof, but yeah. it's, it shows up in Django and it annoys no me. Let me finish my thought. I know, yeah. So he, he, he does this thing where he tries... He changes the film grain... Or he'll play with focus oh, to ape what what like what movies were like. Or like there's the whole scene where where Christoph Waltz is talking about Broomhilda and he's out of focus the whole shot. And they're trying to evoke these. And he, this happens a lot in that movie. They're trying to evoke these notice. old I'll films go back and because that. when you watch a, you know a Sergio Leone film because they're no money and whatever they, you'll have characters be out of focus when they're speaking and yeah. it doesn't he doesn't Are you talking so about, like yeah affectations then it's yeah. all Cinematic affectation it doesn't add anything and it's inconsistent. It'd be one thing if it was consistent, if it was just consistently visually. I don't. In the flashbacks, are you even talking about how like when they go to Daughtry, it suddenly has the words? Well, no, it doesn't do that in Daughtry. When they go to uh, was it Greenville, Mississippi, Greensburg, or whatever? With the, oh, it with the scrolls scrolls up. I liked that. I thought that was great. Or well, you could also. Well, I'm that's talking an about also when uh, at the end of the montage of Christoph Waltz and Django. Uh, when they're finishing up uh, their their winter of uh, bounty hunting, and suddenly just there's a there's a text scroll of, and then they finish their bounty hunting, and then they went off to do the blah blah blah. I feel that's like also kind the of cinematic text, affectation. I'll accept that though because that's that that is using something that is as immediately impactful as text on screen to like it is serving a, an actual like a concrete purpose in yeah. that moment, okay. and it's almost like a visual transition. Okay. I, I'll buy that. The the whole, I, even like the film grain and the flashbacks, it felt it was like inconsistent and weird. And in and, and then like the focus thing, it was inconsistent. It doesn't feel like he, it does feel like he kind of got worried that, oh my God, maybe this movie is a little too glossy. I have to bang it like, artificially yeah. ding it up a little bit. I, yeah. Although I did like the flashbacks, Django's flashbacks in particular, where it suddenly switches. I'm a, I don't know if they shot it natively on a different film stock for which just digitally added it to kind of look like, you know, because it's all blown out. It looks like it suddenly switches to like 16 millimeter film. Yeah. It's been sitting on a shelf since like 1973. But I thought it looked cool. And like also the aspect ratio gets all messed yeah. up so everyone's face is flat now. Yeah. Like, an old, like, you're, like you're in an old bad drive-in in like 1979 or something yeah. like that. Which it is an affectation. But I do like that's the visual language of, you know, well, you know, that's a flashback because it suddenly looks different than the rest of the film. But I didn't notice about, I did not notice, uh, what's his name, they, being out of focus during the They do focus and coloring of, of different to, shots I, I want to go see it a second time now. This is just making me want to go just even 
Even I'd be curious would go to go and back and see it knowing what's going to happen. Yeah. Because the whole movie I'm sitting there going, what the fuck is going to happen You can fast next? forward to the point where he loses the gunfight at the end. And <laughs> gets I wish there was, the, like, the, like, the actual, like... Well, yeah, Tarantino did come out and say, uh, originally, his uh, original version of the script, it did end when you when it seems like it's supposed to end. Yeah. And then he realized... I can't remember what his justification was, but he was like... I think he just said he just wanted to fuck with audience expectations, so he added... The extra mm-hmm. 20 minutes where he loses and he gets sold to the Austrian yeah. money. Which is still... Because he still ends up right back where he was at the beginning with fighting bad dudes yeah. at the plantation. It's just The things weird... I liked about that payoff were um, it's... Um... This week in Django and Shane. <laughs> That's right. Oh my god. Don't have our listeners... Th- this is even sh- It's not out up. in their neck of oh the country. That's god. right. We're assholes. We're terrible oh, assholes. Add that I like we front loaded it so that it's not like they can just stop listening at a certain point. They I have know. to try and skip Jesus. this bullshit. Um, the, you have the payoff of the slave that has been, like, he was one of the, um, the fighters. I think he was even on the original, maybe he wasn't on the, I think he was just one of the fighters. I don't think he was on the original Changing. But anyway, you see, you have him have this moment where he, like, acknowledges that Django, who he thought was just this awful black slaver yeah. guy, you get his moment, his smiles, like, he's going off to fuck There are some shit. cool stuff that as a white person, I don't think, or as white people, we're not really qualified to really talk about too much. But, like, the weird, like, inner workings of black culture of that time where, yeah, Django hates Samuel L. Jackson just because he's the head house Negro. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like, kind of how the slaves are kind of interacting with each other. Mm-hmm. Like, beneath the radar of the white people. It's just really interesting. And, like, the, at no point does, uh, until uh, Django kills uh, St- Stephen Hawking... Who's the actor Samuel Jackson? Like it's 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 all just it's played very subtly. Yeah. All the like the black people on black people relationships in that movie. Carrie really Washington cool. is beautiful. Who's Carrie Washington? She played Broomhilda. Oh yeah. She I does. would ride across the Pacific, the the, the Southwest. She is playing a hot everybody. box. That that shot the end like where she's in the the white shirt and the flowing skirt. I didn't notice that. Gorgeous. I noticed that the ending is when the house is burning down. And then he turns. He turns. And he's, he's got. Going, the- that's one of my favorite shots in any Tarantino older. film. And the just, waistcoat. That is, oh. And I then his horse does little victory dance. <laughs> Fucking Tarantino. Oh my god. God damn. Oh, I god. love that I live in a time and place where I get to see that crazy assholes movie every couple of years. I swear to god, I've got the Tarantino box set when the, uh, when, oh, I, I almost promise you I will do this. When Django Unchained comes out on Blu-ray, yeah. I'm going to draw... Django on the box, and then like so, throw out one of the bonus features and put the Django disc in there, just to make that the proper uh, Quentin Tarantino box set. No, it is a really good movie. It, d- it definitely is it. one of Tarantino's best movies. I enjoy it. Right. I, I Inglorious is still my number one, and Death Proof is still my number two. Excuse me, the last forty five minutes of Death Proof is still my number two. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, I have to qualify that. The good, the good half of Death Proof. Yeah, like, and uh, but yeah, I Django. I liked it. I think I, the only reason why it suffered for me was being so hot on the heels of Inglorious. Yeah. And I loved Inglorious so much. You know? There's just... Inglori- there's something in Inglorious that stayed with me. Well, I thought Tarantino would be this... His period movies would be kind of this interesting. Yeah. Because especially, you know, like going... Uh, especially in the wake of Pulp Fiction, he was mostly known for, like, his pop culture references. Yeah. And it's... I like the fact that uh, Inglorious Bastards and Django Unchained combined to show him I mean they're still kind of goofy little bits of pop he'll, it's, he'll, he'll still like throw rap and other pop culture stuff like on the soundtracks yeah. he's still making reference to other movies and stuff even though it's not necessarily called out within uh, the, the, the movies themselves he's still sampling but pop it's still, culture it's, but it's, it's nice to see him show that he can still write interesting stories about interesting characters and not have everything be on a crutch of 
Like, oh, here's my here is here's a character flipping out about a Madonna song for ten. Who knew that in the movie about slavery there'd be like a five to ten minute scene of clan humor that was actually really funny. (laughs) Jonah Hill shows up and he's kind of like what he just kind of wandered in from another movie. That's kind of how Tarantino works. I know exactly. That's a whole like five minute like jokey scene. I love that that one guy survives because he gets pissed off because everyone's bitching about his wife's handiwork. Yeah. (laughs) Well, because he leaves, he's like fuck all y'all. See if I do you any favors ever again. Don Johnson. Yeah. You know, I had no idea that was Don Johnson. <laughs> I didn't realize the sheriff in the town where uh, Christoph Waltz shoots the, the... the No, the marshal. It's the marshal. Yeah. Oh, he shoots the marshal and then that brings well, the, the sheriff. He shoots the sheriff, the sheriff brings the marshal. That's what it is. But yeah. the marshal in that town is one of the Dukes of Hazard. Oh, is he? Yeah, Tom Wopat. I'm like, oh, he got work for the first time since 1978. But yeah, no, there's a little... I had no idea these other people, who were these other people until I was looking at the credits going, oh shit, that guy, was that guy, was that guy, was that guy? I was too busy focusing on Zoe Bell's glamorous eyes. All right, that's our Django talk. Oh my God. talk about Guns of Icarus. We only talked about that for 25 minutes. (laughs) Bill, tell me about Guns of Icarus. Guns of Icarus is good. I mentioned this on the podcast last week where it's a, uh, you can play it on Steam. It's available for the Mac. Otherwise, I wouldn't be playing it. But yeah, you're just uh, running around on a steamship, an airship, steampunk airship, uh, fighting other steampunk airships, and you have to coordinate with other people uh, playing together to fight these other airships. I was playing with listener Maxwell Motley this week. Uh, we played a couple days ago, and then we actually were playing right before we started recording the podcast. Yeah, when I came over, they were uh, getting blown up <laughs> over yeah. and over again. So really, it's, well, this is interesting because, like, A, I don't play a lot of computer games, and B, I don't play a lot of, especially computer games, I don't play with other people. So this is the first time I've really played online with other people. Uh, over like a Mac game, which is really cool. It's, it's, yeah. She she kind of popped my Steam multiplayer cherry, mm-hmm. and so it, it's been really fun. We keep on getting blown out of the skies left and right, but it's been fun. I don't know, just going through this through again. The, that was your ding. I know. I it out every time it happens. Ah, uh, that distracted <laughs> me. I, I promised myself. Here, I'll talk them. while you're God while damn. you're turning it off. Um, I the, I last week I was talking about how I'm watching this terrible Canadian urban fantasy show called Lost Girl. Today, or this week, I all I really did this week was I just needed to download my brain and not think about anything, and I was watched, finished the first season. That show is ridiculous. It was ridiculous, and I like it so much it because titties? girls kiss. Is it on cable? Lost Girl. Uh, does it have titties? Yeah, because you're saying you it's see all side boobs and stuff. You, well, there's is it lots nice of... side boo? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And girls kissing. You know, do you know how much slack I will give anything where girls will kiss? So much slack. The, the, oh man, it's, I'm excited because now we're on season two where girls kissing happens in earnest. Super pumped about it. Uh, Grumpy Turtle, uh, speaking of other stuff I've done this week with other people online, Grumpy, that, that ding we just got was actually Grumpy Turtle, listener Grumpy Turtle, uh, messaging us, letting us know that, uh, uh, you're more than welcome to hop onto my Xbox and play Minecraft with him so you don't have to worry about reinstalling or, uh, uh, deleting it when it's done. Uh, because Grumpy Turtle in Minecraft on the Xbox 360, he has built Boy Howdyville. Did you see this? <laughs> I saw him tweet about it. Yeah, I was helping him work on it last night. <laughs> oh, God. Where he built Castle Butts, <laughs> and he built a little West Wild West town for you. Oh, that's adorable. Okay, I will look at this. Um, so, yeah, we were just, actually, I was playing that with Grumpy Turtle last night. Here, let me you switch You need to understand the... that I only, I have, there's nothing in Minecraft for me. I, enjoy, I see why oh, you no, guys I like understand. it. No, I, I was not, I knew I was never going to get you into playing Minecraft. I just wanted to play with you for five minutes. Just say, hey, 
and it, we've played Minecraft together. The end. Because you so need to understand, like I when was I never that with... butthurt about it, but I was still like, you deleted it before we could even do that because I like... bought it for Annie as a gift, and she was like, I deleted it. I beat the tutorial <laughs> and I played the game properly. I didn't realize there was a tutorial. Thirty that's minutes. A tu- well, I was such. Like, I didn't realize there was a tutorial, so I was going to give you the tutorial. 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 Uh, so yeah, actually, Annie just fired up the Xbox, and now she's gonna see if Grumpy Turtles Online. You're like Turtles a boy Howdyville. This is gonna be our online commentary for Boy Howdyville if, if Grumpy Turtles Online right now. Oh, there it is there. Yeah. Anyway, Billy, you talked about something while I. What else? This. What happened this week? I was talking about how I'm really excited about possibly seeing side boob on Lost Girl. Wait, so you? Oh, what, damn, you girl! That first the lady, the lady who's the love interest. I'm so enamored of her. Why? What's she's she's just this really striking looking um blonde lady normally i'm not big on blondes but i'm i'm big on teen she's the main character lauren well she's the the love interest for the protagonist she's this doctor human human female (laughs) oh you might have to change the uh, look up in version too because i'm one of those motherfuckers you want to dem oh my thing i was gonna ask people listeners at home if you have an obgyn if you got a lady doctor, is that lady doc? Does that lady doctor do they, does she or she stick her finger up your butthole? Oh, you don't have a microphone. Oh, that's right. No, Grumpy Turtle's gonna yell at us. <laughs> so look, like, look at this shit. Wait, your look to your fucking left. Inversion. Oh, this is gonna be terrible for an audio <laughs> podcast. Hey, Annie, look up. <laughs> that is a giant butt. Change, change it, change, change the look stuff so you can actually see what you're doing. <laughs> Grumpy Turtle, if you're listening at you home. Can, you should tweet at him. So he, he's, How can he be listening at home? He's going to be listening like oh, that's three right. hours yeah, he later. He can't hear us right now. Because, that's right. Well, on Monday, he's going to be amused. Uh, two players, but team vertical. Wait, control. Wait, it's not I in did, controls? Invert. Control. Wait, there's no inversion? There is, because I turned it on the other game. This is really good radio. Hey! <laughs> anyway, so what else happened hey. this week? I gotta look up the show notes. Oh, Grumpy Turtle is Banjo Kazooie. Yeah, no, oh. it's super cute. And oh, look, look, there's a taint. Oh, look, look, look. Oh look, my look, god! Look it's a penis. <laughs> I bought the giant penis. Is it going into a butthole? No, actually, this ruins the surprise because if you go around the first part of the castle that Grumpy Turtle built, <laughs> if you go in through the main entrance, you'll see there's a giant butt inside the castle. <laughs> And you can walk in through the butt cheeks, but if you walk through the butthole between the butt oh, cheeks, you'll walk through a pink tunnel, and when you come out the pink tunnel, you realize you just walked out of a dick. And you're like, you're standing in white stuff, and there's this whole field, I filled this pool with semen? This is what I've been doing on Minecraft. Bill, uh, I wonder why I don't want to play Minecraft with you. This is, ah, this is point. Well, you, you got you got to see the, the little Wild West town that, uh... I will. I gotta figure out how to... There's gotta be a way to... We're the worst podcast in the world. Bill, you have to talk while I'm looking at your terrible Um, thing. Um, yesterday... Oh, uh, I started playing Fallen London with Dylan. Fallen London is a browser-based text adventure. Okay. Where, but you can, like, Oh, yeah, I know, I know of, I know of... So is there a narrative to, to this game, or is it just, Yeah, no, there's a story. Uh, but it's funny, because the world is very steampunky, kind of whale-punky. It's almost like the world of Dishonored. I mean, there's not not really any kind of graphics and stuff. But it's not just, it's not just a dry text adventure. Yeah, you can walk in the dick. If you go in the dick slit... Oh, there's a sign there. Read what the sign says on the, on the dick. Here, let me... It's, I don't know why it's an upside down. down. Between the balls, I put a sign... So I go up by pressing A. How oh, do you go click down? the thumbstick in. There you go. That and if you sense. don't want to fly, hit that whatever button you hit again. Double, 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 yeah, double click it and you'll just drop. You can walk around normally. There you go. Yeah, walk in the penis. <laughs> <laughs> and he just walked into the urethra I built yesterday. Click the door. Oh, he just punched. The- Actually, I did this yesterday too where I was trying to open doors that he'd put down and I destroyed them. And if you turn around, you'll see it's a big pink button. He just walked in. <laughs> 
This is Fuck Castle. Oh my god. Minecraft is the best. And actually, if you just walk straight out the front door and keep on walking, you'll enter the Wild West town. Where he built a church. Which is. Oh my god, he built N7? What's that in the sky? I'm so sorry, guys. This is the worst audio. Oh my god, he built a church. He built a relay. With N7 in the sky. Oh my god, he built this church for you. No. Oh. Look, he's trying to lead the way. I know. Aww. You gotta go follow Banjo and Kazooie to to the to the church he built you in this poopy game. Uh, so yeah, so I started playing. Yeah, Fall in London. It's it's free to join. Uh, but yeah, you can play with other people where you know it's a text adventure, so you can't play like simultaneously. Mm -hmm. But you can challenge other people to like games of chess, where mm -hmm. you can't actually play the game of chess. But like you'll your characters will essentially do dice rolls against each other to see who will win this game of chess. Chess. Oh, I always win the game of chess. Have you seen my man boobs? In the game of chess. Uh-huh. What's, what's the quote from Game of Thrones? I can't remember. Are there spider webs in the general store? Oh, he put... I don't know why. If he was going to make this for Andy, I don't know why. He or this was spider snowflakes. At least this is in creative mode, so there's no spiders. Yes, that's what I was actually going to ask. I'm like, is this creative no, no, mode? Yeah, yeah, you're fine. Yeah, you're safe. Like, he built the whole city. It's Aww. the best. I like how you can barely look up and down, though. Because <laughs> I'm so fucking broken. Oh. Uh, but yeah, uh, no, Fallen London is really cool. Like, it's, um, yeah, it actually starts off like a normal video game, too, because you start off, you're in jail, and you have to escape jail. You jump on a, onto a blimp. Mm-hmm. And no, it's very cool. I only played, like, uh, the only thing that sucks, it's a free-to-play game. Yeah. Uh, you can take ten action turns, and within, uh... Like, I think 20 minutes, and if you use up those 10 action turns within the 20 yeah. minutes, you have to wait, like, another 20 minutes for them to kind of build back up. Yeah. You can spend money to have, to get more action turns. Yeah. Uh, so, that's kind that's of That's how they get you. So, you can only really play, like, at 10 minutes at a time. Yeah. Uh, which is, makes it, like, you, you can't really just sit down and say, spend an afternoon playing the game. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's you know, it's good to do between, you know, errands and stuff like that. I don't, I, well, I guess it being browser-based, I guess maybe you can play it on the iPhone and stuff, too, so it might be something fun that you can play on, like, if you're waiting in line at the bank or something like that. But, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really fun. I want to play more yeah, of that this friends week. who are obsessed with it. And uh, I'd never heard about this until Dylan started talking about it yesterday. Well, she is a writer, and uh, we have a friend, uh, Brendan, who's he's really into games, and he's looking to get into uh, helping people create adventure games. Oh, yeah? And so I think they're thinking about, like, kind of creating a, a text adventure together. Oh, that's adorable. Um, so, yeah, there are a lot of good um, programs out there for creating text yeah. adventures. And he, well, especially Brendan being a programmer, so yeah. it's not like they even have to rely on pre-made adventure stuff like yeah. he could actually code something from scratch if you absolutely had to but it, it, it's nice that there are like adventure game gener uh was it generators out there mm -hmm. that you can just kind of fill in with yeah there's even like twine which allows you to make html based choose your adventure games yeah i don't know if that's what they were talking about making their game with but what but yeah it looked kind of like inspired by like analog of hate story and stuff look at this church oh it's great with the leaded glass yeah it's super cute yay grumpy turtle's the shit um, oh grumpy turtle yeah, so last night, yeah, I was playing, I was working, running around Castle Butts with Grumpy Turtle. I already described what I built. I built a giant penis. And, and, uh, 30 foot, uh, tall words that say butt. That glow in the dark. It's amazing. This is so weird that you can, like, walk on sky. It's not like you're flying. This is some Mary Poppins shit that Annie's doing in, in Minecraft yeah. 360 right now. Yep. Oh, so, yeah, did you want to start doing some Twitch TV stuff? We could. Because we've gotten some positive feedback about people wanting to see us do live streams and stuff. That yeah, it's going to be, be just idea. like this. I'm going to be really quiet. 
Well, if so it's I a live Switch game. TV thing. Ah, we could figure out. No, I, I'm just fucking around. Yeah. So, yes, one thing we asked at the last, the back end of last week's Too Long Podcast was anything new or different that y'all would like to hear or see us do uh, in the year 2013. One thing that I thought about was if y'all, we did one live stream and it was, you know, with mixed results, but... Oh, but I think Twitch TV is a different thing. What do, what do, what do we what Well, do no, we I was going to suggest a Google Hangout. Oh, we could do that. Oh, you mean just for hanging out, not just like video game stuff. Well, yeah, I'm talking not about like doing a game. live podcast. Yeah, but I, I meant to look up Google. Twitch TV stuff before we recorded today, but I got distracted by Castle Butts. <laughs> it merits distraction. Oh, here's the library. Yeah, there's Castle a library. If you go butts. here and here, look up. Look. Yeah. This is Butts. <laughs> It's his butts on the, the ceiling. Way, yeah, and glowstone <laughs> in the ceiling of this castle is written the word butts, too. Aside Good. from the, if you go outside of the castle, it says, you know, 30 foot tall uh, you should letters. You be very proud butts. of yourself, my friend. Yeah. Well, he did the most of this. I just made the dick and the butts. <laughs> no, I, I mean, work, my I, friend. well, he made the actual physical butt that you can crawl into the butthole. But I made the word butt that's like 30 feet tall. That's Im- that's impressive. Um, what else did I do this week? Oh, I played Chef Boyardee's Barkley Shut Up and Jam Gaiden. So I have heard a lot about this game. What the fuck is have this game? Have you actually game? heard about this game? Yeah. This is... they had a Kickstarter for their next their I next guess game. 15 years ago, there was a Super Nintendo and Genesis game called Barkley Shut Up and Jam, which is just a bit, you know, 16-bit basketball game. And I guess these guys on a whim decided to make a parody uh, Final Fantasy-style 16-bit RPG sequel to that game called... Technically, it's called Chef Boyardee's Barkley Shut Up and Jam Gaiden. I'm I'm assuming that's uh, pronounced Gaiden, uh-huh. not Gaiden, but that uh, fuck it, it's Gaiden. That's I, I pronounce how it's spelled. Oh my god, he built a tower, a looking tower, so you can look the at the word butts. And look, I mean, because the B and the word, because the letter B shaped like a butt, I mean, poop flying out of it. <laughs> Is that what that's supposed to be? Yeah. And look how it's all lit up. It's all graphic. Oh man, this is the best. Minecraft is awesome. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so and Barkley's shut up and jam. You play as Charles Barkley after he he, he had dis- accidentally destroyed the world with a uh, super slam dunk that yeah. destroyed uh, most of New York and killed like a hundred million people. Yeah, and so it's a po- most you're living in post apocalyptic New York as Charles Barkley, who's super sad because he got killed. Because he killed so many people, and also because he killed so many people with his super slam dunk, uh, basketball has been outlawed, so he lives in a post-apocalyptic no-basketball future. Okay. With his son, Hoops. Okay. Who he's trying to uh, surreptitiously teach basketball while avoiding the authorities, who are led by uh, Michael Jordan, who now leads the uh, uh, anti-basketball forces in this world. And it's all very silly. Um, One of the first things you do in the game... You go outside and you you have to go buy some ecto cooler, okay. which is medicine. In well, the how story. how is what is the gameplay? Like, it's what? it's top down sixteen bit Final Fantasy. That's all okay. it is with like Final Fantasy sprites and stuff like that. Um, one of the first things you have to do you have to go get medicine, which is ecto cooler. Yeah. Um, you find a homeless person outside of your apartment building in this post apocalyptic future who asks you for spare change. Uh huh. And your only option when you hit the action button to talk to them instead of talking to them. Yeah. You just start singing the song, get a job, nah, 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 what? nah, get a job. And it's actually just a sound clip from that song. Yeah. It's not even like, oh, which is great. They can do this because they're not charging any money for the yeah. game. It's just yeah. free, like, download So you can just sample whatever the fuck they want. So, yeah. yeah, so, like, there's all kinds of, like, just weird, like, song samples and stuff built in the game. The game's got a fucking bonker sense of humor. Uh, I never followed basketball that much, so I don't follow any of the basketball puns or anything yeah. like that. Or, like... 
but like, oh, there's a joke about Larry Bird being a priest. I don't know if that's supposed to be a specific reference to anything, but it is still just fucking hilariously written. Like I said, it's for free. You can just download it. It's not even a big game. I think it's like 50 megas or something like that. It's really funny. Including you can play it on Mac. Uh, I know. Yeah. So it is pretty good. I'm glad we're getting cute. to the point where you can actually play games on Mac. I know. Kind of slightly reliably a little yeah. bit. Um, and then I watched the shit out of the West Wing, man. Yeah. So the West, did I mention this last week, how the West Wing is on Netflix Instant now? You did. Oh, I watched the first, entire first season, that's 22 hours of the West Jesus Wing. Jesus Christ, Bill. I fucking, West Wing is good. It is. Some good shit. How do I explain the appeal of the West Wing to anyone who's not from America or hasn't even watched it's, the show yet? It's a fantasy of all the good that government can be while being moderately realistic on the difficulties of yeah, government. Yeah, it is hardcore idealistic. I mean, it's a show about... It's it's not as much about a fake president of the United States as much as it's about um, his staff. Yeah. Any of the president of the United States is, is Martin Sheen. But yeah, it's, 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 it's super crazy and idealistic. It's, it's kind of alternates between being really kind of like smug, but then also really self... It's not self-defecating. Deprecating. Deprecating. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. I'm sorry, Annie just fell into some lava and I got distracted. She's still playing the game. <laughs> this is the worst. Okay, go now, she, now she's playing around off. the mass relay. I'm going to turn this off. Oh, but yeah, no, West Wing, uh, it's... That is adorable. Uh, it also hasn't aged that Good well. Good job, Grumpy Turtle. Because it's also, uh, was a show from ten years ago. Grumpy Turtle of Annie suddenly mysteriously disappears from the game <laughs> as you're listening to this three I'm days after we recorded this. <laughs> Annie's just shutting down the Xbox so we, should, we could record, uh, focus on the podcast. Don't feel bad. Uh, but no, um... Oh, there's just a, one of the first episodes. What are you typing? Oh, you're going to actually type a message. Talk, talk about... Don't look at what I'm doing, you ass. Talk about... Uh, people who ever want to hang out at our uh, our place <laughs> while we're playing video games, it's pretty much what it is. We're just distracted talk. Uh, no, but West Wing, one of the first episodes is about how Leo McGarry, who's the White House Chief of Staff, uh, news leaks out that he uh, what used to be an alcoholic and a pill abuser. And there's this great moment where... Press Secretary CJ, she goes to Leo and she's like, oh, the news of your pill addiction has broken out. It's on the internet. It will break to the media some by tomorrow night. Yeah. And like, as someone who lives with the internet now, you're just laughing your ass off that it would take over, that some, anything could be on the internet for 24 hours, especially something as, as yeah. big as the pill addiction. I know. Of the White House <laughs> yeah. staff before the press gets wind of it. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I, like I said, the show was written in, in Especially the first season, yeah. It was like 1999 and like 2000 or something like that. Yeah. Well, everyone's still got big fat-ass TVs and like everyone's yep. using beepers rather than cell phones. Yeah. It's right before all this technology stuff started changing. So that's that's kind of funny. But yeah, it's, it's, it's really smartly written. I'm always kind of bummed because the guy who wrote pretty much every episode and created the show, Aaron Sorkin, he leaves after the fourth season. And so I've only watched up to the fourth season because... Yeah. You can tell as soon as he leaves, like, the, the, the writing does really kind of... It doesn't get necessarily a hell of a lot worse, but the tone of it changes. It's not quite as snappy. And uh, that show is... Any Aaron Sorkin show is so much Aaron Sorkin that yeah. without him being there, even if it's still a good show... It'd be like Tarantino just, yeah, leaving exactly, a Tarantino. Yeah, yeah, so it's a little bit... And I know they kind of do or, some stupid like things. Or, like, Sally Mankey not editing a Tarantino yeah. movie. It's going to be different. And I've heard about some of the stupid kind of... St- Stunts, storytelling stunts they did with some of the plots later on too, which seemed to break a couple of the characters too, and that kind of bums me out, especially Toby. Welcome to the corner where Bill talks about TV. He has not and will never. I know, I know. This is me promising I will actually watch The West Wing to the end this time. Now that it's on Netflix, there's yeah. no reason not. To. Yeah, Come on. I, I, The West Wing is one of my favorite TV shows. But of all what time. you should do is you should take a break between you know 
end of Sorkin and then, you know, start of post-Sorkin. Like, and take a, your, mor- a period of mourning? Yeah, well, no, just take a break and let your brain air out a little bit so maybe it won't be as jarring. Yeah, yeah because you're just, you just going just go, straight from one to another. Yeah, jumping straight from Sorkin to non-Sorkin, you yeah. can, just, the, the texture of the show is just different. For one thing, you don't have people just constantly repeating the same thing over again. Yeah. Watching the West Wing again, also, yep. I just watched Sports Night just a couple weeks oh, yeah. ago, too, so going from Sports Night to West Wing... You, the, you're steeping in Sorkin right now. The first four seasons of The West Wing would be a whole season shorter if he didn't do the Sorkin thing. <laughs> I, I have now officially d- dubbed this Sorking. When you say, "Hey, I love beans. What beans? I love those beans. What beans? Why beans? Because I love beans." Yeah. We had like some people were like, "Oh, we need we need to get this. We need to get a letter from the president." And like, what letter? I gave you the letter. This letter. Why letter? They just keep on like repeating the same thing. Yeah. Like this. No. 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 And that is like that takes up at least ten minutes of every fifty minute ever episode. It's just a funny like little yeah little affectation that I notice he always does. Yep, so. he's 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 very uniquely himself. Um, but yeah, no West Wing, check it out if if it's you got so Netflix, good. download that shit if you haven't seen it yet. Even if you don't have Netflix, get the DVDs, borrow them from somebody. Oh. It's a good show. It's a good show. And stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah, I never got past a couple of seasons of West Wing just because I OD'd on the West Wing. I love Aaron Sorkin, but it does not take much for me to be like, that's enough Aaron Sorkin. That's why I'm glad he's writing movies again, because yeah. I think that's kind of like the perfect... Well, no, I'll say this. I don't mind watching his TV, like, weekly, or, like, on the air, because then, you know, you get your brain rest <laughs> between Sorkins. I cannot do what you did. I cannot mainline Sorkin. I used to be able to. I watched that Sports Night box set a bajillion also, Sports times. Sports Night is only two seasons long, yeah. so even if you OD on it, there's only so much you can OD yeah. on it. Whereas West Wing... A little... Now that I'm old, a little shocking goes a long way. Well, speaking of um, things that are awesome, I played Kentucky Route Zero this week. Did you play it? How far did you get into it? I beat it. Oh, really? Yeah, I the beat it. The first episode. I, well, yes. The... I only got far enough to actually travel to the Marque... Marquez? Is the Marquez Forum? Mm-hmm. Named after Gabriel... Who's the, who's, the, who's the dude who wrote the books that everyone likes that's in Spanish? Gabriel Marchi Mar- Marquez. He is the father of, of magic realism. A hundred Draculas of mourning. <laughs> What's this book that everyone loves? The uh, the yeah Kentucky Route Zero is interesting. So it's a an indie point and click adventure game. The first episode was released recently. They plan on having five episodes. They were kickstarted back in like 2011 yeah, for release. Yeah, they're totally ripping off. Uh, they're, they're totally ripping off uh, the Walking Dead because they're gonna have five episodes spread out there at the year, which I'm sh- they're going to plan to have last episode out right before Game of the Year talk next year. <laughs> that is right. their plan. Fuck those guys. It's fascinating because it's a. It reminds me of if Journey was a text adventure game. How so? Because it's more... What I liked about Kentucky Route Zero, I will admit that where I do not like poetry, I do really like magical realism. Mm-hmm. I'm very susceptible to magical realism because it's more about things what that is magical Because it seems like everyone's got a different uh, uh, definition of magical realism. Like, what would you consider magical realism? It's kind of hard to describe. It's... I know everyone keeps on using uh, this is like a hundred years of false solitude, but I've never written Mar- I've never re- read Marquez's books. So I'm not quite sure what those are like. I've read magi- some classic Mexican magical realism. I don't. I've not read that. It's. I've read some short stories. It's like so. It's abstract paintings. You know how it's just color and forms, and that tells a story? But then when you have abstract paintings that have representation, like there's actual objects in them, all of a sudden things are redefined by the context of that real thing, even though everything else is abstract or abstracted. That's the best way I can compare 
magic realism because magical realism is like it's the world in all its you know imperfections but there's this fantastic element injected into it but the fact that it's fantastic is not remarked upon okay. and usually it's the whole thing is about tone and mood and moments in kind of a poetic way a little bit more than it is about character or plot okay yeah that's my that would be how i would sum up magical realism but it's all so it's about that juxtaposition of this reality that you recognize but with this this strange element injected into it and how that affects the world yeah, so it's not actually like, like a fantasy world interrupting or anything like that but it's yeah. just kind of like the real world turned on its head just a little bit yeah. a little bit like the one that i read and i apologize i can't remember who wrote it it may have been marquez and i can't remember the story but it stayed with me all these years, um, was one about an angel that, f- that, that like, crashes in someone's backyard. Mm-hmm. And it's an old, very old, I, can't, I think like it remembers a man or a woman. bad romance song. See, this is, or, yeah. like, a shitty fantasy novel. Yeah. Except this angel is old and and dying, and, like, the wings are all broken, and it's, like, seagull wings. Magical realism is a reality-based fantasy that does that chooses not to take the easy way out. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, and, and uses it as a chance to kind of just like sculpt a moment and rather like than tell a story a or feeling. parable or anything like that exactly it's not really trying to be instructive it's more just about mood. it's more yeah. dreamlike it's like a tom waits song i mean it's like kentucky red zero is it's, it's all about i still want to collect kentucky fried zero or <laughs> yeah let's see how many times this episode i say root and then route you can have my <laughs> midwest have and southern yeah. upbringing fight itself it's it's all about these strange things that create these visuals and these moments that are beautiful and it's like dreamlike and not necessarily it's linked to reality but not limited by reality but it's not fantasy because really you know fantasy is more like an environment or like a fantastical elements to yeah. allow you to tell a story. Uh, here's the most important thing about talking about this game: is it any fucking good? Because I've played yeah. it now, and I like. I think it's really well, gorgeous. You have to. Are, do you like that kind of thing? But like, no, but like all the like even the reviews I've seen online, people are like, like this game is about magical reality. That's intriguing. Oh my god, you have to play this game. But no one actually saying like, is this game good? Is it well? Like, if if you if do you would you does is the idea of a dreamlike text based adventure game appealing to you? Especially when it's as pretty as it is. Yes. Yeah. That is god. Yeah. I love the graphic design of this I, thing. The it's design is, it is gorgeous. Did you buy the whole season or just? For yeah, I bought. The whole yeah, I bought the whole. Yeah. The website convinced me actually because the website is so well designed. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. simple. Well, also, I just love the interface too, where it's just yeah. like you're clicking like little things. Like when you click your cursor, it becomes a stake that a horseshoe is thrown around. That's the moment where this game, oh. where I went like this, kind of cool, and I realized what the hell is that? Because yeah. when I first did that, I thought it was something in the environment. I was yeah. like, no, wait, I just clicked there, and I realized, yeah. yeah, it's a phantom horseshoe that you're throwing. Yeah, I thought, man, that was a great moment. Yeah. I like its use of color and sound. Yeah. And I actually do like the simplicity of the writing. What did you choose, uh, choose to name your dog? Um, Homer. Mine's Homer. Blue. Oh. Just because you. So the, the, this game is interesting in that it is. So it's a it's a adventure game, and there is a graphical interface. For the most part, you interact with the world. You'll find something in your environment, and then you click on it. And then, for all intents and purposes, it presents you with a text-based adventure. Yeah. It's so like if you're talking to a person, like when you're, you know, you're you go. In, one of the first things you do in this game, you're at a gas station. There's a man sitting by the gas tanks. You go up to talk to him, and he says, "I like your dog. You got this old hound dog and a hat." Well, the first thing is there's an eyeball. Which you can click on, and you can just look at him, and he just gives you a description of the guy. Or there's a little uh, word balloon that you can click on, and that's when you actually talk to the guy. Right, and yeah. then you have this conversation. And so you are presented with these three lines of dialogue. You could say either, mm. his name is Homer. Does that actually affect Her the conversation? Her name is Blue. 
It does. Like, as far as, like... I've played the game twice now. Or I should say, I played I played about three quarters of the way last night before I went to bed. Totally yeah. went apeshit for it. And then the next morning, I played it with my wife from the start. Because what? I've, I've heard the first episode is only about an hour long. It's not terribly long, but depending on what you say, different lines of dialogue are unlocked. Does it does it change the uh, course of the story at all? From well, like it's not like it's not like a Walking Dead thing or anything like what that like. It's not that dramatic. It's you're not going like, to go on a different storytelling branch because you chose. It just yeah. adds different like color values. I mean, I, okay, I guess okay, that's you know, all. Yeah, that's, okay, it's yeah. it's shades of meaning and shades of understanding. Yeah. Like the first time I played through, I learned a little bit more about um, the stranger's past, about Conway's past. Okay. And the second time I missed it entirely. Also, the first time I... And, and you can do things out of sequence. And you can miss things that you... See, maybe, that's kind of cool, yeah. And so, like, we're revisiting. If you do things in a slightly different order, then things will happen a so little differently. So it is a linear game. There's no branching stuff. But within the, the, the within the structure of that linear game, uh, how you pick out the, the, the content of that game can change depending on how thoroughly you dig into conversations and what you're looking for. And, you know, I would yeah. say that it's a linear game that has, I won't say branches, but maybe like different routes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You're always going to be continuing down the same path, but maybe you'll choose this thing and something slightly different will happen, oh, or okay. you'll, or it can be as simple as like you do something and a piece of information that will be presented to you that doesn't make sense unless you did something Man, I got totally the first thing in the game you're supposed to really do is like you're supposed to turn on power at this gas station. You go downstairs into the in, in into the to like little like storage room beneath the gas station. And uh you go down there and there's a couple of people playing a role playing game. A yeah. map real world map based role playing game, which yeah. I thought that was kinda cool. Yeah. Uh Right by the power box, where you have to go fuck with the power box to turn the power back on this gas station. And in order to get uh, past these guys to get to the power box, you have to find... Uh, they have a little glowing 20-sided die that they've lost. It took me 20 minutes to find that die. Really? Yeah, well, because... They like, tell you what to do. I, but for some reason, I wasn't appearing. I wasn't noticing until yeah. I finally did find it. I kept on walking. I thought I had done something wrong, and I didn't want to look up a fact, because it's the first thing you do in the yeah. game. Like, I know whatever's going oh, on Bill. here can't be that simple. And I, finally... I, I did keep on walking, like, I had walked past where it shows up, and it hadn't, either there was a bug, or I just wasn't paying attention. I can't decide which, but I eventually did find their little yeah. 20 sided die. What I like about what that is that, it. so, at that point of the game, it's just a really basic puzzle. Mm-hmm. The, the die glows in the dark, and you turn off the light to find it. Yeah, because you know, you're, you're given a lantern that you can shut off on, on and off. What's yeah. interesting is that later in the game, there's an interesting payoff for that little mechanic. When you're in the mines, Bill, turn off the light. Oh, yeah. I'll just tell you that. Fuck. God, that game. It was really, it's just, I loved it because it was just, it was a dream-like, I, the whole time I was playing it, I kept going, damn it, I wish Papa and Yo was more like this, mm-hmm. was more just like dream-like poem where you see shapes of meaning, and. Sounds like it technically would have been a better game. Wow. Because like, Papa and Yo, I love Papa and Yo, but Papa and Yo points, eventually points at the metaphor and goes, this! Yeah, that's This not... is what this means, and that's when yeah, it lost That's not me. his most effective way to bring a, like, like. To present a metaphor. Just Whereas, like, yeah, yeah, with with this game, By it's not Christmas even lights on what it. I love about Kentucky Route Zero. And granted, this is just the first episode, and we'll see where things go. Is that there's not any clear metaphor or meaning. You just, episode two is presented by Lady Gaga. <laughs> you just meet these characters, and you trademark. You can you can learn context of what's happening. 
So there's there's two there's basically two ways you navigate the world. Mm-hmm. There's one where you are in an environment and you point and click and you interact with things. Classic adventure. And as you style, interact yeah. with things, you get these text-based little things that either explain a conversation or what you're looking at or something like that. There's also an overmap of that's basically the the road routes of this highway system. Presumably in Kentucky. I was about to ask you where it was, and I just realized the goddamn game is called Kentucky Route. Yeah. <laughs> Presumably in Kentucky. Yeah. So what's great is that... Well, I like that, like, at least I've only done the first thing where they say you have to go to this farm, the Marquez farm, and yeah. I like they give you just instructions. Yeah. And then so you actually have to follow the instructions to directions it's kind to get of there on this map, the game. overhead map. It's the, essentially the game's yeah. overworld. Yeah. But it's just a goddamn real world map. What I really like about it is you can... You, so, you know, all the streets have names, and so you can you, you use the directions that people have given you to find these locations. But you can also just explore. See, uh, yeah, I, I was almost tempted to do that, and I was hungry, and I got distracted. I can understand again, that. But yeah. You have a sandwich, and sit down and give yourself an hour to play Kentucky Route Make Zero. Make your popcorn. There was a... But what's interesting is that when you explore this overworld, unless it is a story... Like, because there are these locations that are story-based, and when you go there, it actually comes... The screen changes, and you're in that scenario, and you can have but when you're in this over map, you can also just find locations and you just, like a text box pops up and you just go through them through this text scenario. While on the overworld yeah. screen? Oh, without okay. actually going oh, into there, okay. which allows them to make create these little moments without having to spend the money or budget. Creating you know, a whole new environment that your character actually like yeah, yeah has to walk around. There's explore, one that know. is art like one of my favorite visuals in any game that I've played last year, which is hilarious because it's not visual it's just text yeah. there's one with a um an office building i think i can't remember what it is it's called now but it's an office building that's empty where all the people have cleared everything out and it's just there's just this little moment at the end of this scene that is great there's like a guitar player you can find and have a, like a lovely tonight, little yeah. moment but what's great is that depending on how you interact with these things you can totally miss these things like if you find that guitar player you may not ha- get this laugh that i got from that scene or like you know yeah. You can you can totally miss that was what amazing like there seems to be at least one moment from my three quarters away playthrough last night that I entirely missed on my second playthrough with my wife because there is a character that if I revisited an old environment there was a character that I could meet that I could see playing through the second time that maybe this character would come up in this moment had I interacted with them oh, okay so it's not quite as it's not as necessarily robust as. Um, uh, like something like like Mass Effect or like Walking Dead, where your your decisions are far reaching. It's more like you know if you if you're really thorough and explore, you get more meaning and pot yeah. and like. Oh, that's a lot of adventure games. It's more classical adventure game that well, way. Well, most more adventure games like, they're linear. Like you don't. But still picking. Well, maybe not all adventure games, but like just like picking around the world for details and color and. Well, and yeah, but that's know? usually it's like to solve a puzzle. It's yeah. very rarely well, just when, straight in a game up that's balls all out more for about tone. Yeah, you're just getting more just just world. Because there's really not yeah. there's very little in the way of puzzles. But even on that, we so we kind of skated over this. You mentioned this. Just the visuals of the game are fucking beautiful. It was one of the most beautiful games I've played in a long time. But just even the opening, we were at this gas station at dusk. Yeah. And when you go downstairs to check the the the, the breakers, and you come back up, and now it's 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 now twilight. The sun has gone down, but still yeah. kind of like the. The, the, the deep ink blue sky yeah. with the, still the silhouette of, of the gas station like in front of it. It's just like, man, fucking... And like, the sound is just perfect. I love, I love this game. Yeah. What's interesting is that when you're on the map, the world map, and you're going through these little text scenarios, there's still the sound of the environment that you're in. Right. So okay. you still feel very... It's this moment that only a video game can give you. 
and I just fucking loved that game. You can you can buy the first episode for this five came out bucks. Of nowhere too. Yeah, like I said, it's been in development for a couple of years, but really, it came out, and every all the game journalists were kind of like, "Holy shit, this game!" Do you follow Jen Frank on Twitter? No. Oh my fucking god! If you're gonna follow anyone in the games community, you gotta follow her. I guess uh, she had done an interview with these guys uh, mm-hmm. before, and. Uh, they had talked about this game. Supposedly, it's one of the must-read interviews about the game. And, I'll have to look it up. And uh, Jen Frank, oh my god, I can't. I need to. Oh my god, I need to make you watch. She's going crazy. Her mom just died. Poor kid. And so she has moved back to Texas, where her mom had been living. And yeah. now I think she's inherited her house, so she's definitely inherited her mom's dog. Oh dear. And so it's all about her, her Twitter feed right now is her her going crazy in this empty house with her mom's dog. Ugh. But it's the cutest thing where she's just uh, like she's just learning how to have a pet and this dog go like it's 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 the Twitter feed of someone going slightly crazy but the most entertaining she she Jen, uh, Jen Frank is one of the most entertaining most uh, biggest hearted people out there but yeah uh, I don't know why I'm only going off about that but she two because things, she had interviewed these guys got me thinking about that Since we're speaking of games journalism I got to talk about the two most interesting things in games journalism this week yeah. one did you read the thing on the Penny Arcade report about the guy from New Zealand who's making the the horror game without gore guns or what? violence Dude, you got to fucking... It's about the Republican no, 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 no. National Convention. No, 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 no. You have to read this article because it talks about... I, no, I had not heard about it. You got to read this because it talks about what this guy... Even beyond... The part that he's talking about the game is the least interesting part of it because he talks about why he wanted to make this game and what his background is and his personal relationship with violence. Really? I'm just going to tell you this because you really need to read it's it. It's like Papa EO Squared or something? Circus performers with a gun trick. And the most amazing gun trick you've ever read. I just, you got to read this. I don't want to describe it to you because you got to read this. It's in the Fine, give report. me a link and I'll put I'll it in the show I'll link it to notes, you because yeah. you got to read it. Jesus Christ. Jesus. So that was the one thing this week. The other thing, did you read the interview with Ken, the feature on Ken Levine? I was staying away from Ken Levine. <laughs> what happened? I can imagine. Okay, I tried not to. Levine's like fucking goonie. I tried not to say any name any names or anything on, on Twitter or anything like that because I don't want to be an asshole. Yeah, you don't want yeah. So it's actually a pretty good feature on Ken Levine. It's it does, you know, it explains why he's kind of an incendiary person. But the author, I'm going to say, mentions four or five times how ripped Ken Levine what? is. Like you know, his tight fitting t shirt. Who's the author? Uh, it's his, uh, what's his name? Chris Plant at, at Polygon? Yeah, he used to be the head editor at uh, Joystick. Yeah, he mentions <laughs> four or five times how achingly ripped I, Ken Levine I is. I heard you tweet about that, but I didn't realize that was the article you were yes. talking about. Oh, because I do want to be a dick. Is Ken Levine ripped? I guess. <laughs> He's, he's unexpectedly amazing. He's this kind of miserable sounding Jewish guy. <laughs> he always talks about how he just stays home and like how he avoids like dealing with other people, just stay home and play World of Warcraft and eat Cheetos. What? <laughs> and apparently I don't know if that's, like, does a joke or something? fucking crunches all day long. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. And that's all I've been thinking about all week is just this article. It's interesting, but largely glowing art interview with, with Ken Levine that just talks about Did they talk about is. Bioshock Infinite at all? Yeah. They talk about his I history about and in the context without, like, of Bioshock about Infinite. The game. Well, it talks more about his history in gaming, how he came to games, and his... Um, his direct, I don't want to say directorial, but his leadership style. Yeah. Because basically they, they say, and Ken Levine, I've heard this from other people, like Ken Levine does the thing where you'll, the author, the author of this article says it in such a way that, well, you know, he's like a sculptor and sometimes when you're a sculptor, you have to break off an arm and make it anew or like, you know, take things away to make the game better. Sometimes you have to fire half your staff towards sometimes, the end of development. Yeah. Well, essentially sometimes a year and a half in development of multiplayer, you ditch multiplayer. 
you know, things like that. And we're like abstract. There's no multiplayer. There's no multiplayer anymore. Wow. They scrapped okay, it. Jesus, okay. So thank God, but yeah. Thank God at the same time. But on the other hand, can you imagine like they talk about in this article where the um the art team and everybody and the level designers were working really hard on basically the shanty town of of this game. And they spent about a year and a half on it and it's finished, almost finished, it's playable. And Ken Levine goes, Yeah, this isn't right. We gotta scrap this and start over again. And I think that's one of the reasons why the that art director walked. And it's like, it's not that he's necessarily wrong. It's just that maybe you don't say that a year and a half in development. It seems like there may have been, it seems like the scope of this game, it may have changed a couple times over development. Yeah. Because Ken Levine, from everything I've ever heard about him, he's not like a tyrant. Mm-hmm. And he seems to be a pretty well-organized guy. Yeah. So it's not like he's just being, it's not like he's a slovenly director where he's just and suddenly, I mean, his games he's not are... like Henry Selleck where he's changing the scope of things every five no. minutes, uh, you know, he's not driving his crew crazy that way, but yeah, that does seem like... Well, this is, so you know how I told yeah. you that one of the reasons why I love Minerva's Den, the DLC for Bioshock 2, mm-hmm. um, is that it's a comment, not too veiledly a trans- uh, commentary on game development. Yeah. There's a part in Minerva's Den where um, you meet a, you go to a robot like factory, like these these these, science, these engineers who are building little sister robots. I think you mentioned this. Yeah. yeah, and then they talk about how they're done, and they present it to Ryan, and then they do field testing, and <laughs> Ryan goes, "Nope, let's scrap it. And yeah. I'm not going to pay you for it." And it just kills this entire company, and these guys are just miserable. Yeah, I don't know what that could have been referring to. I know exactly. Yeah, it's very mysterious. Anyway, oh, interesting article. Um, and Ken okay. Levine's rock hard nips. <laughs> not mentioned but they're there no, i've been staying away from all bioshock talk until uh closer development because what is does it come out in march yeah march is going to be bioshock infinite month yeah like I'll, well, I'll, i know you've been trying not to spoil yourself well too. also just spoilers but i know a lot of these interviews and stuff have been coming out are like everyone's been saying oh it's spoiler free i've been hearing about this game for long enough now i yeah. can just wait another month and a half until like yeah. until the game's like really on the horizon Bill, you need to know to how muscular he myself. is now you need to know that he's wearing an x-men t-shirt but it's really fitted just caresses the curves of his skin. Is he wearing a belly shirt? In here? <laughs> I don't know. Like I, a, I know. A it's a well-written article. Shirt? I feel like an asshole. No, but... Chris. That's what I'm saying. Because Chris Plant, like, he's re- you've read a shitload of his have... work before, and like it's not like that's his and thing. And I do love Polygon. It just cracked me up. I know he was going for this whole juxtaposition. Oh, he does like to talk about Miyamoto's feet. <laughs> I know it's a whole juxtaposition of, like, and the whole thing about the article is, like, Ken Levine realizing that at some point he's like, I'm not here to make friends, I'm here to make games. And, like, I realize that I don't have to work late and I can just leave. And that's part of his managerial style. Did you hear about Eric is going to be on the Penny Arcade reality show? Oh, yes, is that? We need to talk about that. Our friend of the podcast, Erica Moen, is is going to be on, excuse me, has been on the Penny Arcade reality TV show. So I guess it's all over. So whether, if she won or not, she knows. She just can't tell anyone. Yeah. So, yeah. So, is it like a reality show where it's like last man kind of standing kind of thing? Where like, they haven't really come out and said what it is, but they went to a, they had, they had a, the, uh, all these different web comic artists entered and then they, you know, they called out all but 12 and then they had them all live in this house in Seattle, you know, like a reality show. The show called Strip Search. The show called Strip Search and then had all these challenges. It is. Yeah. So. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. That was the show they came about as part of their Kickstarter, right? That's correct. Yeah, they raised enough money to do this. Oh, shouldn't their Kickstarter be firing up again soon because it's going to be an annual thing and blah, 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 Well, blah. I mean, their website, their new website just launched. So yeah, they won't have to do it until the end of the year. Yeah. 
Oh, they have a new website? Well, their new their main page is launched. Oh, no idea. Their main page is now ad-free because they raised enough money to do that. Oh, I There's still that. ads on all the inner pages, but the main page is ad-free. I can't believe that happened. What's hilarious is when you go to their site, they buried where the comic is. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. God bless. I love Penny Arcade. God bless. God bless. Anyway. It is becoming kind of about everything but the comic these days. It, which I'm fine with because I like... I enjoy the comic. Oh, I know a lot of But we would not be talking about... about Penny Arcade if it were just the comic. No, that's true, too. But it's funny. I know a lot of people have stopped reading the comic because it's mostly just about them and their kids these days, which they're, they're dads. So... Dude, the last two episodes were about Call of Duty Black Ops 2. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> oh, that's the other thing I was playing this week. Like, I got bored. Yeah. Well, I like uh, adding my copy of XCOM, which is going to be the next game I played. And so man, I was left XCOM. without... Why? You finish what you're saying, and then I'll talk about XCOM. And so I was like, man, I'm, I'm, so I'm hungering for a game that I could just pick up and play while listening to podcasts, because I kind of fell behind on my That my cannot be XCOM, listening. by the way. No. I, that, that, that's why I was... <laughs> XCOM requires all of your attention. And so I was like, oh, man, I, I played the hell out of Forza Horizon over Christmas, and I was like, I don't have another game that I could just pick up and play for like 15 minutes on a whim without really thinking about stuff. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I wish I had like a new Call of Duty, because I've, I've beaten all the Call of Duties, but like, oh, man, Black Ops 2... I know I shouldn't want it, but I want to play. I want some new Call of Duty in my life, so yeah. I actually did pull the trigger. Like it was on sale on Amazon, so I got it for relatively cheap. But still, I bought the, I bought the new Black Ops. How are you enjoying it? It's it's more Call of it's Duty. It's more Call of Duty. Isn't I've only it? owned the game for three days, and we're up to like level twenty five. <laughs> already unlocked a shitload of guns. It really yeah. it's just more Call of Duty. I, there's nothing to say about it. If anybody that. wants to shoot Bill, he's on Xbox Live as Mr. AIDS. Yeah, come get me. <laughs> but yeah, actually, uh, X- 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 so yeah, I borrowed from Bill. Far Cry 3, which I finished, and I borrowed XCOM as well. You got, all, like, all the achievements, not all the achievements, but you got most of the achievements in Far Cry. Well, and I'm like, why the hell am I lending you any games? Because I'm trying to catch up to you on the Chivo rankings. And you're beating even on the games that I'm lending you that I've played and beaten. You're just, like, sucking all the mare out of them like, son of a bitch! Yeah! XCOM is... So I felt bad as soon as I started playing XCOM, because it occurred to as me that I never... I'd, so I am my wife's gaming Sherpa. She only has played video games that I put in front of her. Yeah. And she, I've never given her a tactical, real-time strategy to game be fair, before. If you're mostly console games, you don't. It's not an these option. games don't come out. Yeah, this is true. That's kind of but the best thing about this game. It's such a weird. My wife treasure. is all tactics brain. I'm like, this is perfect. I totally yeah. need to get her to play this because I played about maybe three missions and realized it was not for me. And I'm like, this game is just not. Everybody's into those kinds of games, so great. This is one of the. This is pretty it's much great. the best console. Iteration I am, of that it, kind like of stuff. playing it is really it straightforward. It's funny that you're fighting the most stereotypical like X Files aliens. Well, the whole thing is that I think the original game kind of had this '50s flavor to it. Yeah, and I guess this is so just kind of continuing that. Yeah. When I heard you're fighting aliens, I thought it was going to be more like a Gears of War thing. No, no, it's like you're fighting aliens on the set of like fucking Leave It to Beaver or something. <laughs> this isn't bad, but it's a little goofy. Yeah. So the um, and it, it's very enjoyable to play. I like it, but I am way too stressed, like, tr- prone to stress. Because when your characters die, they die they forever. They die permadeath. Yeah, it's, it's so all permadeath. So, you can have these guys that you've ranked up a couple levels and are actually really useful with a bunch of rookies, and yeah. maybe your your rookie, like, one, you, it's a four-man squad, so maybe you lose your head guy, and then your rookies are fucked because he was the only one who could do Did anything. Did you see the Iron Man mode where, like, if your characters get wiped out for real, that's the end of the game? That's oh, it? You're done? No. Yeah. I can't do that! It's way too stressful for me. Supposedly, like, if you're really, that is the way to play the 
game oh. because yeah, you are literally living and dying by like you lose a battle, that is it, you're gone. Yeah. So I gave it to my wife, and my wife enjoyed it, and then appealed to her for all the reasons that I thought it would. Except she agreed with me, so she can only play one mission a night, if that. <laughs> so even though she's been playing it nightly oh for like God. all week, she's gotten no further than I have, just because it's kind of like okay, that's enough XCOM, put the controller down, and walk away. Buy, I saw XCOM just showed up as game on games on demand. I just might buy, buy, buy that copy. And just like, I may bring it back. Take to next year and a half to beat that game. It may be too stressful. Yeah. Well, in, so in well, games... Well, I play this week and see what happens, yeah. In games, like, in these sorts of games, I like... I'm more interested in them when I'm super powerful and I'm just rolling through it because I'm not paying games for you the You like challenge. a sense of agency, yeah. Exactly. So, I like, with XCOM, I'm like, shit, son. No, you're fucked. Like, you're always on even the run. When you're, even when you're supercharged, you can get wiped out at a moment's yeah, notice. Exactly. You're not paying attention, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, what we did this week. That's us talking for eight hours about this Only week. an hour and a half. Oh, there we go. No problem. All right, friends, we're going to take a little break and come back for Geek Week interview. His name was Kane. He had a horse along the countryside. I saw him ride. He had a gun. I knew him well. Oh, I heard him singing. I knew he loved someone. Welcome back. In just a moment, we'll do the Geek Week in Review, but first, I forgot to mention this before and what I did this week. One of the reasons why I was, uh, didn't do anything is because I was working on this. Annie, Annie, Annie. Yeah, well, I'm shitty at this. Uh, this week I launched my second podcast. I started a podcast with some friends called the Ladylike Book Club, which is a book club uh, where we will read and discuss lesbian romance novels. What's your first book? Uh, our first, well, this first episode is just an introductory episode. In so two you get weeks. to know everyone's likes and dislikes yeah. and tastes. So we're gonna release a new episode every two weeks. Every um, uh, we'll do have a mini sode where we'll talk about the next book we're reading and we'll just kind of gab a little bit, and then we'll have a book episode. So this is a gabbing episode. The next one we'll be reading, uh, what is it called? Battle Scars by Megan O'Brien, which is about an Iraqi war vet who falls in love with a veterinarian. Vet on vet kissing. It's pretty great. How many lesbians do you have on this podcast? Well, we're one. We get to qualify that. Well, uh, oh, we got this and we got him. I would say we have one four, lesbian and three bisexuals. Hosts? Yeah, well, because so the whole idea of this podcast is that we're gonna have. I'm gonna try and keep lesbian? it. Foley. Foley's an all-out lesbian. But she, if Tom Hardy's penis, that she's out a Tom emotion? Hardy sexual. That's I different. know. Yeah, that's what I have to say. So. She's so only interested she's in, in she's lesbian. only interested in men if she can define <laughs> the size of the man and the size of the penis attached to the man. That's the thing. Yeah. So um, there's Foley, myself, uh, um, uh, Conley Smith, and a uh, friend of the podcast, Brenna Zidane. Okay. So ladylikebookclub.com. Uh, it's Ladylike Podcast on Twitter. Ladylike Book Club. Okay, I thought it was just ladylike.com. Okay. Yeah, it's ladylikebookclub.com. Ladylike ladylike is taken. <laughs> ladylike it? Book Club. I, it's like, I don't know. Oh, no. I can't remember. But yeah, ladylikebookclub.com. Yeah, I love the, who did the design for the site? Did you do that? I did. That was the nice reason like why I took... Blog. Yeah. If you listen to the first episode, oh. the it talks about how we're going to be talking about in December Battle Scars, and the reason why it took this long is because the fucking website is broken and I can't fix it. Uh, so. is, how, many how often are you going to be updating? Two, every two weeks. Every two weeks. Like I said. And, and it's a read-along book club. Yeah. So, so we'll, we'll... Really, it's one book a month. And we'll you know we'll have mini sode where we discuss what we're reading and then yeah. we'll have an episode. So it's gonna be smaller books. Do you have a link to like the Amazon where 
Like, you mm-hmm. can buy the, the, the book, like, yeah. specifically the edition that you're talking about. Absolutely. So when you say, We're, we bought this edition on page 54. <laughs> well, really, we have an Amazon link so that if anyone wants to buy and read along, then if they buy it through that Amazon link, you we get, get a, a small box. amount of money. Oh, so you did say that? Okay, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, which awesome. hopefully will supplement. The... We should do that on this thing. We're like, do you want to buy Call of Duty Well, the backups? difference being is that this in this podcast, we're not spending $40 a month on books. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That's the difference. Oh, I don't want to make money. I, I really just want to maybe not be operating Kentucky in a loss. Zero half just to, so we have something to talk about on <laughs> yeah. the podcast. I, I like having a podcast where we only have twelve listeners. I do kind of like. <laughs> well, for our twelve listeners, maybe they want my opinion on the talk you're out to you. I guess I don't know. So, yeah. Anyway, so what, what's up in the new Geek Week in Review? In the Geek Week in Review, Oscar nominations rolled in. Man, I didn't read any of these Oscar nominations. Nothing interesting. Guess what? The two biggest nominations are or nominees are. You love this movie, Amour. It is a French-language film about two old French people who are dying. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sure it's a good movie. I just... <laughs> that's how the pitch they're built. That's what it's about! They had a trailer for that before Les Miserables, and yeah. it, the trailer, you know, it's like a bunch of, like, it's it's two old dying French people, like, sitting in really dark apartments, just kind of staring at each other, and like, oh, toi, oh, toi, oh, toi. <laughs> like your French impression. And then, like, the last shot of the movie... Is this guy, he's listening to music on the stereo, he's sitting in this armchair, and then he just shuts off the music, and he's sitting there for 20 seconds in silence, and then the, the trailer ends. <laughs> and then it's like, Amour, le tatoui, tatoua fois. And it shows, like, the credits for the trailer, yeah. and you're like, that is the most stereotypical like, <laughs> French-language yeah, movie trailer. it's like a Simpsons gag. Yeah! Um, That's too it's funny. Like, it's like, yeah, worker, cat, and parasite, or whatever. <laughs> And of course, the other big nominee is Les Miserables. Oh, which really? Is that movie's terrible. What was it nominated for? Everything, like Best Picture. Anne Hathaway, she got nominated and she will win Best Supporting Actress oh. for her. She's only in the movie for 10 seconds before she dies, but her one big song, which shot all one take, she all teary eyed and shit, that's fantastic. But no, it's like for best picture, best fucking director. Is it writing when no one's when no one? Well, then it's talks, a, a, adaptation. It's all yeah, blah, blah. It, best director, best fucking huh. best uh, covered up Anne Hathaway tits. That you this is funny because movie. obviously it's doing well. I've never actually heard of anyone who liked it. No, <laughs> it's like this movie was just designed just to win Oscars and nothing. Did you read? Oh, I guess Lincoln got a bunch of nominees. Which, oh well, yeah. You see the ads for that, and that's whole Oscar bait too. I was hyped about bait. Lincoln until I saw the trailers, where it's all like, yeah. Oh my god, that so was tra- obviously yeah. such Oscar bait. This yeah. movie is gonna be the Oscar baitiest Oscars of all. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be terrible. Uh, Django Unchained. Yeah, I mentioned the show notes. Django Unchained did get nominated for Best Picture, not Best this, Director, which is fucking weird. Yeah, because Tarantino movies. You're nominating Tarantino. Yeah. That's his more than any other director. His movies are him. Like yeah. that. You, you see, you're watching Quentin Tarantino movie. You're watching him pretty much yelling at you for two hours. Is this the first Tarantino movie to get a nomination for Best uh, Picture? Pulp Fiction oh. got nominated. I don't know if this is the only other picture he's done that got nominated. Yeah. But Pulp Fiction. Uh, when people talk about how shitty the Oscars are, mm-hmm. people, one of the big things they like to point out is the fact that uh, uh, Forrest Gump beat Pulp Fiction. The yeah. year they both got nominated. Yeah. Who gives a shit about uh, Forrest Gump these yeah. days? But because Forrest Gump was all like, Lieutenant Dan, we gotta go get some shrimp. It's, it's so sad. It's really when you more die. marketable. Yeah. yeah, that was the uh, Lee Miz of its day. So, 
Yeah. Roger Deakins was nominated for the Skyfall cinematography. Yeah, that's really awesome. pretty. Uh, I think Thomas Newman got nominated for his uh, soundtrack. Oh, yeah? Too. Which is funny because I think it's one of the weakest Thomas Newman scores of Well, it's, all time. it's least distinctive because it's yeah. just James Bond music, but, like, yeah, there's no, like, warbling clarinets. The Master wasn't nominated for Best Picture. A movie called The Silver Lining Playbook got nominated instead. Are you kidding me? I saw the trailer for that last that. night. My wife was like, I keep hearing about this movie. Let's watch this trailer. It looks like the dumbest movie because it's so, okay, so there's this guy, and he has a history of violence, and he seems to be mentally unstable, and that seems to be what the movie's about, and then he meets this woman who has slept around, and okay, maybe the movie's about their relationship, and all, then all of a sudden it's about dancing! What? She's like, I have to dance, and I lost my partner, will you be my partner? <laughs> and then it turns into a fucking dancing the shittiest Oscars. The only reason why I want to oh. see it, it has fucking Bradley Cooper, which immediately my brain Bradley loses Cooper's interest. Bradley Cooper's in an Oscar nominated film? But it has, it does have, what's her name, Jennifer Lawrence from The Hunger Games, and she's wonderful. Who Jennifer Lawrence? She Hunger Game. Oh, okay. She's, she Hunger Game lady. She's great. She's fantastic. So, bully on her. I walked in my housemates watching the last five minutes of that movie. I know I know how long our games ends. I'm oh, sorry, we, uh, our podcast messed up. We're recording this for the second time. We're trying is, to get out the you same exposition. Phil, Phil you, every time this happens, you say that, as opposed to just naturally trying to... I mean, it's only twice And it's been twice that it's happened that you've done... <laughs> just roll with it, my friend. Oh, okay. What I was going to say was, Looper wasn't nominated for anything, and that is bull-ass shit. Here's some things you nominate Looper for. Sound design. How about uh, Best Soundtrack? How about best screenplay? Soundtrack, yeah. How about like cinematography? I can't believe it nominated for best screenplay. How about fucking like best director? Best director? That movie's kind of directing. Um, it's it's well directed and well acted. I can see like technically it kind of gets a little rough around the edges in terms of like some of the special effects and stuff. Like as a complete package, it's not perfect. Well, is this about perfection or is it about? Oh yeah. Looper, I don't know, man. Fuck it. I mean, I can, I no, I'm just saying I can see why it wasn't. But yeah, there, uh, at least screenplay. How was that not nominated for yeah. screenplay? Has have any because of his it has that telekinesis, tele- telekinesis stuff. Yeah, people maybe they are, just cut that people out. People are dumb. What Oscar? How did that kid not get best? Act? Seriously, that kid got his should have got like best creepers award. <laughs> he should have he, he should got nominated for best special effects. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But sound design. Wait, like, let me double check. I that that sounds. I almost feel like it's wrong. I maybe I've misread the Oscar Oscar nominations. And did Looper. did, Just did the sure. master get nothing? Like nothing. I don't think. I no. I think Philip Seymour Hoffman got nominated, and I think that maybe maybe it, it may have gotten a screenplay. Because um, that movie, I I, I never want to see that movie again for the rest of my life. But that was a fucking good movie. Uh, no, no, no. Everyone's upset because Bill Murray did not get a uh, nomination for Hyde Park on Hudson. Um, fascinating radio. Sorry. <laughs> Bill looking up to make sure that we're not wrong about Looper. Uh, Looper, Looper, Looper. While Bill does that, the, uh, this is going to derail him looking this up. This week, we got the first glimmer of a glimpse at the Steambox. Uh, CES was this week. Yeah, Looper didn't get anything. God damn it, that's such bullshit. How did the not blonde, how did the blonde ladies in the movie who I thought maybe were the first, the same lady in that movie not get nominated or something? Did you know that, um, the blonde lady at the farm, she's English? Yeah, is Emily Blunt. I was listening to the commentary this week, the Blu-ray commentary, not the podcast commentary that yes. Ryan Johnson put out like two days after the movie came out. Yeah, she English. She's like, oh, what's this thing? She Did English. I mention this last week on the podcast? I don't believe so. How I was listening to the uh, the commentary and Ryan Johnson and Jordan Joseph Gordon-Levitt start doing their own fake I- English accents just to fuck with her. <laughs> really? Because they're 
commenting about how great her American accent is. Yeah. Like, hello, Mary Poppins. She's like, oh my god, shut up. You guys are embarrassing me. Like, oh, I was a list mom. And it's just like, it's both Ryan Johnson and what Jiggles are doing. It's just hilarious. taking the piss, if you will. Jordan, Joseph Gordon-Levitt doesn't come across as a very smart guy. He seems kind of like a stupid actor. Where he's like, hey, I like this scene. Well, that's a good scene. That scene, that's like from Casablanca. Joseph Gordon Lovett, from his social media presence, I take to be an earnest man. Yeah. And I think he is intelligent. Well, is he on Twitter? Yes, he's on Twitter. He, ha- he has his whole website called hitrecord.org, okay. where it's all about remix culture. It doesn't make you smart if just in a recode no Well, Bill, the I point know, is I'm that he's, with you. I he seems to too. be a very earnest heartfelt artist but i don't have any sense of the man that he is he's a very private person it seems like weird anyway he's still he's pretty he got english a pretty mouth too. that's right he's secretly english he looks so weird in the boot looper i i you know i'm kind of surprised that he get nominated for best makeup yeah that's what i'm saying how about best bad special effect of a speeder bike <laughs> Really weak part. Aside that is from the it. telekinesis, that is it. That bike just looks dodgy as hell. So this anyway. week, at, at, is CES over? Did it end or is it still going on? Would anyone even notice if it wasn't for the steam? I love how video game people try to justify covering CES because nothing ever gets. Yeah, even the Steam Box, it's, it wasn't that Steam Box was announced or revealed. Like a a third party developer who's working on the hardware who has had some hardware funded by Valve, was showing off a prototype that's not even the Steam yeah, Box. Yeah, exactly. It sounds like the real Steam Box is actually going to be put out by Valve itself. Well, at least they well, said they're going to be putting out their own version of yeah. the Steam Box. But this, this seems like a, a platform yeah. more than one piece of or singular hardware. Or a benchmark. Hardware. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, yeah. I think they had been saying for a while that they were threatening to uh, at least put out Valve recommendations for, for hardware. Yeah. And it sounds like that might be part and parcel with, like, this. these are the specs for our... Steam box. If you even if you have a laptop, this is like if you like yeah. like a grading system. Which God damn even it, I would appreciate that. Because yeah. the, what the Penny Arcade report pointed out, and what I is true, where basically like the because in, invariably all the art the report the threat comment threads on these things are always like, oh my god, this is ridiculous. Who the fuck would do this? Just build your own. This PC. is so stupid. Yes. Yeah. Come but the, the Penny on, Arcade guys. report guys pointed out, you know what, dudes, this is not for you. This is for let's be honest, the Annies and Bills of the world. Who want to play video who games? Want their Fisher Price, my first PC. Yeah, yeah exactly. and I don't want to something that you can easily co- e- something that you can connect to your TV in a snap. That's all that, I want. That lives in your living room. Yeah, that is literally that what I want. That's what I've been talking about doing for a while. Control. We want a console that plays PC games. That's, that's it. I hate to break it to people, but that's not a bad thing. There's a bazillion people out there who play console games who this this is going to make a lot of sense for. Yeah, even though it's not, you know, you can't like upgrade it like you can. Uh, that's what I'm kind of wondering, like. I would think we this would have to be relatively cheap just because if you can't upgrade That's it by the yourself. Question. Well, the, the question is, is what it looks like it may be. And again, we're lo- we're talking about a shape of a shadow of a glimmer. But yeah. the... Um, well, this isn't even coming out It's going to be modular so that when you're, you know, like, you're, there's a better graphics yeah. card, you'll just pop it open, like, pop out your graphics card and pop it in. Hopefully, yeah, exactly. That's the yeah. implication of what's going on. Oh, okay, okay. So okay, it will okay. be upgradable. It's not going to be a static device. Mm-hmm. It's going it's to well, be that, just a... That's it is, you're absolutely right. It's going to be then a Fisher Price justify, PC. Uh, charging more for it. That's going to be if the you thing. can upgrade it. Then yeah. yeah, but it's like you know they're talking about like this company in particular. What was it? XL thirteen or whatever. They were talking about how it's that comparable to this too. existing PC that they already have, but that that PC is a grand. 
and you know that's just not gonna fly there's gonna be an asshole like me who's gonna go okay because i'm so desperate for what i want that i'll do that like my i was i was so the, i'm so grateful that this happened this week because i am buying a new yeah talk about, you were talking about this on last week's podcast yeah. and i what i was going you were around asking to, for people's pc build recommendations and sure. what i was coming around to was like well i want a computer that I can move between my office and my living room that so that I can just plug in into my TV because for me gaming is you a, want the new Nvidia I know ironically yeah. <laughs> there did come out like some software this week that more or less is what shitty I'm looking for. like I'm 1999 PC controller with like a like a with an Game HDMI Boy out screen on, yeah. built into it or something like that yeah bizarre anyway but yeah what was great about this is this whole conversation I'm I'm able to go Phew, I'm going to wait and buy whatever the fuck that shakes out to be in a year. And meanwhile, I'm just going to buy a new Mac. <laughs> well, you want and this I for may, work, too, yeah. Yeah, because really, what, what sucks is that I my needs are mostly very limited. Like, I want to be able to play basic, simple indie games more than anything else. Like, some basic games. I want to do web browsing and, like, stuff. But then I want to do video editing. And there we go. There just, it all went out the window. So I'm probably going to drop more money than I want It is really nice game. to hear that there's essentially... So it's what sounds like it's going to be a solution for all of our problems from Valve. Yeah. Within the next, I would imagine by next spring. Yeah. yeah. And next spring, I'll be newly broke from buying the new Microsoft hardware and the new Sony hardware. So I'll just pop for myself further. You're going to be a little bit less broke from not buying the Sony hardware. <laughs> I don't think, I, something dude, tells me you're not going to be running dude, out, but I got to get me one. This PlayStation You know yours. why I will? Because I'm such a naughty dog brand whore that I will buy the system that their games are. I saw on. people, oh my God, I was listening to, was it the Gamers Jobs podcast? And they were talking about their gaming predictions for stuff that's going to happen this year. And uh, one of the guys on there was convinced that there's going to be a new Uncharted game that's going to release at the end of the year for the launch of the PlayStation 4. I don't even think there's going to be a PlayStation 4 this year. I think Sony's so fucked up right now, they might not announce a console just to keep up, just just, just not be completely outshone by Microsoft, but I don't think they're probably going to even have a console out by the, the end of the year. The only support... I don't know why I think that, but I, that's just... I don't know. The only support for that, that argument is that Naughty Dog went out of their way to point out that for the first time ever in their history of, well, as a two. studio, they have two teams, yeah. and all the people who are working on Last of Us are not their, their Uncharted team. So, you know, you can totally say... But I wouldn't be surprised if there's an... Unch- I mean, if, if, if they're smart, all oh, there's got to be an Uncharted team. Even if it's not an Uncharted game, but an Uncharted team game For at launch. Yeah. But that's part of me. I don't think it's... what That's not going to happen until next yeah. year. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I will... I will go spend however fucking ungodly amount of money Sony charges for that bullshit just because I love Naughty At least Dog. The Last of Us, there'll be a nice... <laughs> goodbye to the last PS3. yeah goodbye oh did you this i i forgot about this did you see uh this got announced two weeks ago but um uh sony has stopped production on all play, uh, playstation 2 stuff yeah i think that that's is officially now a dead console that's so that sad kind of bugs me. Like, i was never that big of a playstation 2 fan uh but still like i had good times playstation 2 is the biggest console ever mm-hmm. in terms of just how many people played it how influential yeah the the software was on that console i mean i grew up with the nintendo and the nintendo was only i think the nintendo the 8-bit nintendo may have only sold like maybe 40 million consoles yeah it only sold a fraction of whatever how many consoles well uh, to be honest with you if someone had come sold. up to me and said i've never owned a console before i want to buy a console which one should i get i probably would recommend a ps2 even now if you just for the, the back catalog games yeah. PlayStation 2. Dude, yeah. yeah. It's a no-brainer. It's a console that was out for 30 
fucking so years. many games. You can get them all for Scream. A lot of good games on there. That game is so that's that console so old is it's it's got funny feelings about girls now. <laughs> Holy shit, man. It's growing here in places it didn't know it could happen. I mean, great. I don't think anyone's put out a game for it in a year, but like yeah. the fact that like they were still putting like even Sony was still putting out games for it like as late as like two thousand nine. Yeah, yeah. You could play a new PlayStation Two game once a week, every week for. I mean, years. still technically, you could still like people are still homebrewing brand new Dreamcast games, so there'll True. still be new PlayStation Two games until the dawn of uh, the, the, the. I don't know. Time, the but... PlayStation Two doesn't have the bizarre brand loyalty that the. No, Dreamcast yeah, that's it. Yeah, finish so. that. Dreamcast is totally fetishized. Whereas the yeah, PlayStation Two. I still remember when you first moved to Portland, us playing shit on the PlayStation yeah. Two, playing yeah. Shadows of Colossus. And... Yeah, man. Yeah, boo, boo, memories. Boo, boo, boo. Oh, we uh, yeah. What? Bill's Bill's notes for this week's podcast are. <laughs> I got distracted obtuse. this week. <laughs> yeah, the, as Bill noted, yeah. It, Bill's next note was, "Holy shit, they stopped making PlayStation Two. The next note was. Wii U no sell well at Christmas. Uh, Wii U sold. I think Nintendo. Well, the first thing that came out was, I think MPD numbers for games and uh, hardware came out uh-huh. uh, just a couple days ago, and I, it was revealed what the play what the Xbox 360 held sold more than twice as many consoles as, as the second place console. Wow! At Christmas, that's just fucked up. And the fact that that at least at bare minimum means they sold twice as many 360s as this, they sold Wii U's this Christmas. Mm-hmm. And the numbers finally came out that the Wii U sold uh, 400,000 consoles at Christmas. I usually don't pay attention to specific 400, numbers like this. 400,000? Is that low? Yeah. That doesn't. Well, whatever it is, it's it's less than half of what uh, Microsoft sold. That is but a Christmas console launch. Nintendo came out That's and announced, awful. well, no, actually we sold 800,000 consoles for the whole holiday season, which that means they sold half of those consoles in the first two weeks of the, like, because uh, the, the, the Wii U was uh, released for the last half of November, which means half of those 800,000 consoles were sold in the first two weeks, and there was a drop-off where they only sold as many as, they only sold another 40,000 over the course of the entire Christmas month. That's Which awful. means that was a huge drop-off from Ugh. between the first two weeks and the, and the, uh, That's uh, awful. Oh, man. I know they set themselves up to fail, and they're, it's their own fault, but I feel bad for it Nintendo. Kinda, yeah, that, that was not a good... Like I said, I don't usually pay attention to numbers on this, but yeah, that sounds fucking... That, that's, got, that's, that's like a dog's day. It was rough. <laughs> did you hear... I also pay a little attention to numbers, and I'm probably going to get this statistic wrong, but even though 12%. Xbox did down... Yeah, that they that every, like hardware in general just did abysmally this year. No, I was just making up a number. Well, no. twenty. I think hardware sold 26% less this last holiday season. Well, it's also market saturation. Yeah. I mean, everybody, for the most part, people who want one own one. Except for Xbox. Except for Xboxes. Microsoft is still selling everyone in the fucking world to if you're a gamer you own an Xbox how are they still in yeah. America I can see if like if somebody if everyone in Japan was like oh shit Xbox 360 we gotta get on that Xbox 360 stream like a magic cookie wizard suddenly puts a spell on them or they suddenly for some reason decide that I'm they gonna take magic cookie wizard <laughs> that's the picture that formed in my head so for some reason I'm imagining his magic wand has a cookie on the end oh yeah cookie crisp wizard yeah <laughs> But like in America, how is this? What I'm assuming it's it's people who don't know better buying this shit for Connect. Like Connect commercials are working on them. I mean, I think most Xboxes consoles these days have like are bundled with Connect yeah. anyway. 
But like, who the hell is buying this shit? Everyone like all all yeah. If you're a gamer in the United well, States, you own a 360. I'm gonna throw it out there that the Xbox. I mean, the 360 is this generation's PS2. It really is. I and mean, it's, it's not like, nearly as popular as it is, but for for it, it it's the equivalent of that. Yeah, Whereas, it's like if you're going to buy a console, you buy an Xbox. And like I know for the longest time, people were were quote unquote blaming uh, the constant great sales of the Microsoft uh, of, of the 360 on the fact that the 360s were red ringing and a lot of those sales people were saying oh people are just buying replacement 360s for their 360s have died that shit's pretty much died down so these are people yeah. like buying 360s because they're like shit man I don't own a 360 I need to get my hands on a 360 yeah. that's fucking crazy especially yeah. uh, it's it's funny that the one uh, console manufacturer who is guaranteed to come out with a console by the end of the year, end of the year is the one console manufacturer who really doesn't need to put out a new console this year because well, they're already selling so goddamn the well. The thing is, is that you you don't you go out on a high, you don't go out on a well, low. Well, that's that's the lesson learned. Uh, that's the lesson Microsoft learned with the last Xbox. Where yeah. the last Xbox did pretty well, but they murdered the shit out of it yeah. just to make sure they got the 360 out before any of the other consoles, so they can get the get the jump on everybody. Mm-hmm. So and they but they, they don't want to learn the lesson of. Uh, Nintendo, where you don't rush out new hardware just to, you know, yeah. to fill well, in a gap. Well, that's the thing where, like, nin- with the, like, Super Nintendo, Nintendo got complacent where they were in first place, so they didn't feel like they had to put out hardware, so they let yeah. uh, Sega get the jump on them with the Genesis. So, yeah, it's, it's that weird alchemy of trying to figure out, like, you know, that sweet spot. You don't want to start, yeah, selling new hardware too soon, but at the same time, you want to be, the, you don't want to be the last person out with hardware. Yeah, and I, it sounds like, you know, if, Putting out a new console this year is the right choice because it's not like you're exactly threatened by the Wii U being out nope. early or anything like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess Xbox 360 uh, next the next console. I guess we can just already assume that's going to be everyone's default console because yeah. it's not like Sony's really in a position to put up much of a fighter. Bless them. Yeah, they're so broke right now. Can oh, they man. afford? I mean, we've stopped talking about this. Can they afford a console? I still think if if, if Sony were smart, they should just partner with Valve and let Valve kind of like handle. You know, that's a good point. They started, they started that whole Steam partnership with Valve that I don't think ever really anything ever happened They're with smart. it. They should be talking to Valve about what they should be doing as far as console stuff in America. Which is stupid because Valve doesn't have a console. They're the antithesis of console stuff. Yeah. But in terms of like... I don't know. Something they they need to talk to somebody in the West about what to do with the PlayStation Four, so they just don't shit their shit the bed again. So honestly, the only reason why I care, I I feel about Sony the way I feel about THQ. Yeah, I could care less about the company or most of what they're doing. There's just that one. There's that one part of it that I'm like that can't die with (laughs) THQ with Saints Row. Yeah, and with Sony, it's absolutely like Naughty Dog. I want Naughty Dog to flourish. Naughty Dog is owned by Sony. They are. So they're yeah. owned oh, by Sony. That's that's the thing. I got. I might have to start uh, praying for hoping the Tomb Raider games suddenly start picking up staff staff from a uh, Naughty Dog. If, I don't know. I like how we're already talking about like Sony going out of business or something like that. It's not that bad. They're on like the that, ropes. Oh yeah, the whole company. Yeah, it's not just that's like, the thing. It's like the but, like, whole company and... fucked up. They're losing money left and right. Yeah, their Bless stock them. has been devalued in Japan and shit like that. So yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's why I think Sony may not have it shit together enough to actually do a worldwide console release by the end of the yeah. year. Yeah, like I said, they might announce something. They probably won't have. They might not have have super specific specs, but they might just come out and say, "Hey, as soon as Microsoft comes out and says we got a new console, it's coming out this Christmas." I wouldn't be surprised if Sony comes out and says, "Yeah, we got a new console. It's." coming see you next summer guys please buy it whenever it comes out yeah. we just, we don't know what it is yet ourselves but no so. they didn't know what the playstation 3 was why should this be any different no. like i loved my playstation 3 we talked about this it is empirically better hardware but it's terrible <laughs> it's terrible no. 
Anyway, tornado uh, making game Kickstarter barely squeaked by. Bill says again with such good context. Tell me about this game. Tell me about it, Bill. <laughs> you didn't hear about this lady. No, uh, she decided that she, uh, in the spirit of Oregon Trail, she wanted to create a new video game that's going to teach kids stuff. Except mm-hmm. for some reason, she just arbitrarily decided I want to teach kids about tornadoes. Okay. And so it's called Tornado Maker, and I think there's also like a, a sub game called Tornado Chaser where you can chase tornadoes. Okay. But the, My the mom main would game is game. Tornado Maker. Yeah. Where you know you have to, you have to fuck with the elements to like essentially make tornadoes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was a Kickstarter. It's an iPad game too, so you can play it on. You know that that actually guarantees some people may actually play it rather than you know yeah. we're just like a like a shitty console game no one cared about or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, so uh, she was asking for seventy five thousand dollars. I think she got seventy five thousand dollars and like. 60 cents. <laughs> Barely squeaked wow. by. But that was uh, just, uh, yeah, that Kickstarter ended this week. I don't know why I brought it up now, because it's not like anyone can uh, donate to it. But I just like the idea of some lady, uh, she's a teacher. She said, yeah, you know. that's that's cool. Kids, kids, I taught a bunch of kids who lo- grew up loving Oregon Trail, but we have nothing new like that, because Oregon yeah. Trail's fucking old. Yeah. Well, it's even like this Lewis and Clark, um, edu- or, excuse me, this Lewis and Clark game about the... Their... There's a Lewis and Clark game? Well, yeah, it just finished, it's Kickstarter just closed. I'm pretty sure I brought it up. Why don't they just take Gears of War and just call the t- main, two main characters you play at? Army of there you go, Bill. So the, this Lewis and Clark Kickstarter just ended, and uh, I was interested in it. Re-skin. But their whole idea, even their game, they're not pitching it as edutainment because the whole idea is that you're going along the trail, and it won't necessarily happen exactly like the way they did. Okay, but yeah. you um, you still have to make the decisions along the way, and however, whatever your decisions make will impact the course of their journey. Um, but it's interesting; they go out of their way to point out that it is not edutainment, and that got me thinking about that. It's like, yeah, what what is it? What is entertainment nowadays? Is it still there? Technically, Assassin's Creed or edutainment. Oh, if you're God. really kind of like, yeah. Only in the sense of, like, in the early 90s when they had to make all the educational programming and they just make something that vaguely oh, had a historical figure and call it good. Oh, well. Here's Bill's other really insightful note. <laughs> Again, all caps Tina Fey plus Muppets? Question mark? Hollywood sees the. That is the rumor that I thought it was rumored that the Tina Fey may be the lead in the human lead. That's funny you have to explicitly, explicitly call it the fact that it's a human lead. She should play a Muppet. Is that a Tina Fey Muppet? Did you ever see the Sesame Street sketch that was about Liz Lemon and she's a lemon? What? She's actually a lemon. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sesame Street did have an, a Thirty Rock sketch with Liz Lemon. The lemon. Sesame Street had a 30 rocks? They did. And then they had puppet Alec Baldwin. (laughs) (laughs) It just looked like Alec Baldwin was a puppet. Did they have Tracy Morgan? No. I can't. It was about counting or something. Oh my god. So I guess, um, I guess, so I guess it is confirmed that who's, who's the dude from The Office? Everyone that was funny now they hate because he's a smug shithead. Ricky Gervais. I guess he is going to be the male lead, but I guess the female lead will be... I hope they're not romantically inclined. No. Yeah, that'd be gross. I don't I like... I buy them as, like, cranky Ugh. cousins or something. Maybe this not... little movie that'll explain Tina Fey's scar. Have you read Bossy Pants? No. She has a whole chapter in there about, you know the kind of asshole, you know I'm talking about an asshole when they talk about my fucking scar? You need to read her book. Does she talk about the scar? She does. She's like, I'm going to talk about it so I never have to talk about it again. Much like Quentin Tarantino, by the way. I I tell me she got kidnapped and someone threw her against the monkey ball? No, she got sliced in the face. Oh, that's better. Yeah. But a stranger sliced her in the face in like her own backyard. Yeah, Jesus. that's pretty much it. But she's like, it's a litmus test to see if people A, talk about it, 
or B, make when assumptions they're talking about to her, it. Or yeah. when they're talking about her. When they're talking to her. Really? People are just like, hey, what are they? Well, like, she, she, one of the things she says what? is like, did they ever catch that black guy who sliced you? It's like, what? it wasn't a black guy. What? <laughs> but she's, what, my favorite bit is she says, like, the worst is people who say, <laughs> your scar is beautiful. She's oh, like, oh, no. Gross. Speaking of shutting shit down, did you oh. see the Quentin Tarantino interview this week? I heard about it. Just I'm to go back. I'm not your slave. I'm not your monkey. Well, no, that's not even it. Oh. It's, it was what? great. He just shut this he's fucker done this down. One, he's done this once. Wait, are we talking he about the should. same interview? He, he's being interviewed he's by this guy. A, he's had a handful of interviews in his life where he, he should. flipped out. Well, he doesn't. I think he's totally within his grounds. But, so like, he's not flipped out in a way where he shuts down the person, but he suddenly gets really defensive where he starts, like, accusing people. Like, I'm not your slave. No one's accusing see, you of being you a need slave. To, you need to see this because the whole thing is that, like, basically, You're the not interviewer. My master. He the said interviewer, that. He does. But the interviewer Jesus. is talking. He's talking to his interviewer, and uh, it's, it's a great little thing because Quentin Tarantino just shuts his butt down because he start. It's right after Sandy Hook. And he starts to say, Did like. Did you hear the uh, Terry Gross interview? No. I read about it. Annie, explain to me. I'm not going to talk about it, though, because I didn't watch it. I didn't listen to it, so I'm not going to make statements about it. So this interviewer starts to talk about, well, the link between violence and and movies and culture, and, and, like, isn't it interesting? And Quentin Tarantino says, I made a movie. I made a movie. He's like, fuck you. I don't have to have this dialogue. I've been having this dialogue for 20 years. Yeah, you can Google me to see what my answers are. Exactly. He's like, shit, you yeah. really, we don't, there's no reason to have this conversation again. I'm shutting you down. He says, yeah. I'm shutting your butt down. He's like, this, we're not going to have this conversation. And he does at some point. He says, like, and I'm just an interviewer. I'm just trying to have an interesting conversation. He's like, this isn't interesting because this is a conversation I've had a million times. At which point does he start screaming about, I'm not your monkey. Well, he says, and they're like, well, I'm just trying to ask you questions. Like, well, I'm not your, you're not my master and I'm not your slave. And I'm, especially the interviewer is like a black guy. <laughs> it's, it's great. But yeah, it, 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 the best part of this whole interview is that that's only halfway through the interview. The interview goes on and Quentin Tarantino gets totally hot in the collar and so does the interviewer. And the interviewer clearly has like this list of questions. He asks him one more question and Quentin Tarantino kind of goes back in Quentin Tarantino mode and answers it and the interviewer's just like, all right, thank you. <laughs> it's like, it's so awkward. I can't wait for Tarantino's next movie about a guy who has to answer questions about Sandy Hook. <laughs> Who kills everyone who asks him a question about Sandy but, Hook. Yeah, it's just, you know... Uh, it's... Well, Terry Gross asked him... Like, he was on uh, Fresh Air. Yeah. Fresh Air. I love Terry Gross, and I hate Terry Gross at the same time. Uh, I never noticed until this interview. She can be a pretty bad interview. She she can. It's interesting. I love her a lot. I love But she can be a really too. bad interviewer sometimes. And, like, yeah. when, when the interview goes off the rails, she doesn't do a lot to rein it back in. Sometimes no. it be, like, it's like one of us conducting an interview that one time. <laughs> where we, we don't have the professional experience to rein yep. things back in. Yeah, well, she, exactly. She brought up little Sandy Hook. Do you feel weird about like like making a movie and releasing a movie in the wake of Sandy Hook? And it's like, no, this is like this is this is a movie this like sandy is is it was it sandy hook yeah he's like well that was that that that's 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 a problem about gun control and mental health this is a movie yeah like they're not the same and also the fact that you would like like try to like work the deaths of these 20 kids into like what do do i feel bad about this movie like they're not one and the same this is like if anything you're disrespecting the memory of these people who died not because of a fucking movie that came out after they got killed yeah it's like 
Yeah, essentially. Uh, he, he didn't quite say anything as quotable as, I'm not your slave, you're not my master, <laughs> I won't dance or what. Because like, that quote makes him sound like a crazy person. <laughs> In context, it totally works. Because yeah, the context so. is, before that, is that Quentin Tarantino says, this movie, I was trying to start a dialogue about slavery. Yeah. And he's very clearly agitated that it's come a dialogue about violence. He's like, you want to talk about violence? We've been talking about that for 20 years. I'm trying to talk about fucking slavery. Yeah. You know, and that's the, the point of his whole thing. Anyway, we're going to go back 100 to Black Coffins also did not, not get it didn't get nominated for one uh, for best song and people are upset about that. That's the that's the one rap song that drops yeah. in at the climactic gun battle yeah. like out of the blue where you're like, "Whoa! That's kind of weird, an actual rap song." Yeah. Man, that horse dance. I want a gif of that horse dance or whatever it is. really awesome. Just a little horse trap. I can't wait, man. We're going to have a good night, man. we got to watch that shit on Blu-ray or something like that. Man, this is going to be a great party movie. In other Geek Week news, mm. the so did they announce new Arrested Development in May? Yeah, it they came out of whatever. What's, what's the big uh, January TV thing they do in L.A. where they, had, they, 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 they you buy tickets and you see the stars and creators of TV shows. Oh, like, just what have, is it? The Pally Center or whatever Or something is, like yeah. that, yeah. Um, I guess uh, when they were talking, like they had a big Arrested Development panel, and they came out. Well, and did said, you hear it's about mis- like the new season is coming out in May on Netflix? Did you hear about how it's going to work? What? It's bizarre. So they're releasing all the episodes at once. Oh yeah, what it's Netflix, and it's not going to be structured like traditional Arrested Development episodes because each episode is going to be focused on a different character. It's kind of cool. So know. it's not going to have that layered. I like the fact that they're, they're tinkering with the format. Yeah, it's not and just he, like, he come yeah. out and said that. Um, no one will like this season on its own because it's meant to be the first act of the movie. So once the movie comes out, then they'll... Which assume, who knows if it ever happens. I assume that meant... Because I, I remember hearing that they were at least going to start filming this summer. Yeah. That still sounds like that might be up in the air. Yeah. Like, what the hell's going on? Like, do you think, like... I think this is the most fly-by-night thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> seriously. Like, the cre- we know about as much as the creators do about yeah, what's going on with that I think movie. So. Yeah. There's going to be another Schwarzenegger Conan movie, a Jurassic Park 4, yet another Pirates of the Caribbean, and the next, last, Die Hard movie will be rated R. I'm excited about Die Hard being rated R. It's dumb to have yippee ki mother, and then an explosion or gunfire. I don't know if it's rated R just because he does say motherfucker, and that's the only thing that makes it R-rated. <laughs> right? The rest of it's all PG-13 violence. Yeah. And- uh, yeah, so Jurassic Park 4, who gives a fuck? I, people are flipping out about it because of Jurassic Park. I never liked the Jurassic Park movie, so Aww. that's more interesting. Well, th- I'm sure this is not Jurassic Park that's related to that fucked up script that came out years ago. I want it to be that one about the sentient the dinosaur robot gunner. It sounds like a goddamn Saturday morning cartoon from like 1989. It sounds like an SNL sketch of a Saturday morning cartoon. It's, it can't be that. It's, it has an. I think it has an ex-German scientist in a castle. How's this not castle? How's this not being directed by Andy Samberg? Oh, it's I mean, amazing. Seriously, uh, it's yes. not going to be that. It's what? yeah. So that has, yeah, they uh, that actually has a launch date of yeah, it's like announced... June 14th, 2014. They announced like the that. writer, and it was a writer with pedigree. I can't remember who what yeah. they wrote now. But yeah, uh, and I guess Schwarzenegger said this week that they're trying to make another Conan movie, which I guess they're banning the Conan. Well, they've been talking about this for a while. Yeah, yeah. poor Jason Momoa. He's Conan no like. Uh, but do you want to see Schwarzenegger? Schwarzenegger, it looks like he, he must have had plastic yeah. surgery that's going bad on him now. Because like, he's starting to look like a stretched prune in the face. Yeah. Where like, he's looking like he's on a roller coaster and his face is kind of stretched back, but it's that like that all the time. Yeah. And so he's not going to look like an actual, like, naturally aged Conan guy. He's going to have little man boobs on his face that looks like a stretched pear. Yeah. And kind of like trying to be like, (laughs) I am Conan. Don't pretend to 
pretend to ignore the plastic surgery and weird orange tan I have. Yeah. Did, so they announced another Pirates Caribbean movie. Yeah, and it's not involving uh, uh, the Terry Teddy. Oh, it's a whole different team. They booted those motherfuckers. Ooh. Well, there was the big deal about how. Um, Terry Rosio and Ted Elliott. Mm -hmm. Who wrote the first three uh, yeah. Pirates of Caribbean movies. Ted, they're writing partners. They write everything together, except I guess the one of the guys decided that he didn't want to write Pirates of Caribbean 4, and so the other guy got to write it all by himself, and everyone hated it. Mm -hmm. So I guess then he got booted off this. So it's a brand new writer. I don't mm -hmm. know if it's still going to be Johnny Depp. How much Johnny Depp can people take? Because you already got that racist-ass Tonto movie coming out this summer. But the difference is that everyone loves Jack Sparrow. Mm. They can't make a, pa a Pirates of the Caribbean movie without Jack Sparrow. I can't believe how much like audience goodwill they squandered with those Pirates of the Caribbean sequels. Yeah. Or it used to be like, this would be big news, and now everyone's like... <laughs> so, It'll yeah. still... It's guaranteed to make a couple hundred million if dollars, they, though. If they could kind of like hand off the reins to another... Like, who do you who would you get to be like the next like, well, you wait Jack Sparrow type? Well, you wait ten years. I know, but I'm, if you had to pick then, someone now, would it be Bradley Cooper as Captain uh, Nugget or something uh, like that? God, Harry, Bradley Cooper. Harry Knowles. Who 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 would be a good pirate person that's not Tom Waits? Nobody. Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman should be the star of a pirate movie. Ain't gonna happen. What's it gonna be? Who would be a good Oh my pirate god, person? did you hear about Model Land? I have no idea what you're talking about. Erica started reading a book called Model Land. I saw that she had read it. I don't know what it is, though, beyond. It's a her. book written by Tyra Banks. Uh huh. Um, one of my favorite podcasts, The Satellite Dish, did a whole podcast this week about Satellite Dish. Or about Model Land? No, actually about Satellite Dish. It was really just self-absorbed. It was so strange. <laughs> no, about Model Land. I can't even get into it here. I'll have to put a link in the show notes, but, like, it's a book written by Tyra Banks <laughs> that, like, kind of takes Harry Potter and mashes it with Hunger Games. What? It, except it's about Wait, a, it's fiction? It's fiction. <laughs> in this fantasy world called Peppertown which is the model land in question of the title, about how this girl named Tookie LaCream <laughs> and her destiny become the greatest intoxabella in the land. <laughs> Take that to your grave. Tookie LaCream, the well, toxabella. Okay. Which is a toxabella is what you want to be when you oh, sure. want to be the master of all the elements of, of ensnaring people's uh, affections. When you want to be a succubus. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Maybe some people will lost girls, There you too. go. Who knows? Uh, so anyway, yeah. Uh, that's neither here nor there, but Model yeah. Land. Christopher Nolan's next movie will be Interstellar, which is going to be a trippy space That's not a descriptive. That's actually the title of the movie. Looking at the show notes, I was like, it made it sound like, his next movie is going to be Rocktacular. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, which is going to be a trippy space-centric time travel Steven Spielberg movie until Spielberg got distracted by other projects. Yeah, this is a movie Spielberg's been talking about for years doing it like a space exploration movie, which hmm. he's never done before, which would have been really cool. Yeah. Yeah, he, he announced that he's no longer doing that. Christopher Nolan's picking it up, hmm. which this sounds totally up Christopher Nolan's alley, being deep space yeah. trippy 2001 kind of like, ooh, time travel, like, ooh, perception, yeah. reality falling apart and shit like that. Um, that's cool. I'm glad to see he has another... It's, I, I'm glad to see he's... It sounds like he's getting another personal project. As well, much as a personal, personal project inherited from Steven Spielberg. I was going to say... Well, I'm sure he'll, he'll take it and put his own stamp on it. I don't think he, anyone's worried about... This You're is going to be... Spielberg's this is the next studio Vision. movie he has to make so he can make his next weird Inception movie. Well, like, know. not I mean, Inception, He just but... did Batman. He just finished off Batman. If you think of anything, that's like him doing a studio movie. Now you get, maybe he'll make this look like more of a... You I know, don't know. We'll you gotta, you gotta earn... He maybe he has something really fucking weird planned <laughs> that he has to earn a lot of credit to do. Yeah. 
Uh, Bill noted some nerdy guy is directing the Why the Last Man movie. It's the guy who did the um, Portal No Escape fan film. Isn't his name Michelle Trachtenberg? I think his name is like Noah Trachtenberg. Something like that. Not Michelle Trachtenberg so of Harry the Spy slash Buffy fame. <laughs> no. Even better. I hear she's a huge fan of Why the Last Man. Man, Why the Last Man. Why the Last Man? Did you this eat my sandwich? This movie will never happen because they've been talking about doing it for years. I know they've been talking about also, it long enough. how do you make a movie about that's nothing but women and they're not naked like with squirt guns and shit? <laughs> you know, I hadn't even considered that factor. No wonder that movie has never gotten made. It mm-hmm. has like three men Does he bang anyone movie. in the whole movie? Yeah. Who? A couple of people. It's the whole the thing. People He's the last women. man on earth. Does he have sex with a monkey? Is that how he got? He got. They, like, they've been talking about the why the last man movie long enough that I remember that when he was when he was halfway through the comic series, which has been over for years now. Oh yeah. He no, went he, out of his he, way he, to he say, had, yeah. "I had written an ending for the movie because the movie may come out before the, what was the, ending of the, the comics come Spoilers out." Spoilers for why the last man. Dude, I can't even remember. I lost no, wasn't so it much just interest. A different ending, but also just different justification for the. Oh yeah, the there was going to be because the whole so the premise of why the last man is there has been an apocalypse. Why did you eat my sandwich, the last man? <laughs> there has uh, been an apocalypse and that killed all the men on Earth. And uh, so the world only has women left. So there's obviously a lot of questions about how the human race is going to survive. But, you know, when you think about it, like, of how many people are men in positions of power, it's a pretty transparent th- criticism of the patriarchy. Isn't like one of the last militaries left uh, is kind yeah, of standing? Yeah, it's the Israeli, Israeli defense because, force. Because, yeah, they, yeah. They, they allow lots but of like, women in the, you know, yeah. all, like, male pilots are manning planes. So you have planes falling out of the sky. Like, you have submarines just falling to the bottom of the ocean, like, power plants, they stop producing power. All the infrastructure is still there, but it all falls apart because every man who had a hand on the wheel has dropped dead. Sperm banks just explode on contact. Dude, there is, as I recall, there is a storyline about a bank heist at a sperm bank. Because there's this whole question of how does the human race continue? It's, it's, it's interesting because in the post-apocalyptic world of Why the Last Man, there may be two fat ladies. <laughs> Only the skinny ladies have survived. Well, to be fair, in a post-apocalyptic landscape of any kind, there's not going to be too many fat people after a couple it's weeks. Everybody, I, I actually really you like get the skinny. work. I like the work of what's, what Pia Guerra, who was the artist for like the first umpteen issues, and the covers were uh, the first Isn't umpteen issues really ladies, good. hot ladies, though? That's it's funny. hot ladies, that was my point. Yeah. Is it, it's like, and I, on, I liked Why the Last Man, but it kind of went off the rails. As I recall in the comics... That's what I've heard from a lot of people. The human genome is cracked or something. What basically happens Doesn't in the comics... Doesn't decide that the human ha- genome... Let me, can... let me finish, Bill. <laughs> well, you let me tell you. Okay, yeah. So, the, basically, a scientist cracks the code that will eliminate the need for procreation for reproduction. And the human genome recognizes it and goes, we don't need men anymore, and all the men expire. Here's that is essentially what happens. that the guy wrote Why the Last Man... He was all like, you know what? I'm gonna keep the good ending for the movie that's gonna make me a mad bank, <laughs> and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna use my shitty ending for the comics. But Why yeah, the last man? Does he still? Does he survive? Does humanity get like York? York makes it to the end. Yeah, human. Other is, is, is Oh, I forgot. There's this whole thing. So what I Why the last man? What is good about it are all these fucked up scenarios. Yeah. Like you get a survivor from a space station who is in this tiny space station like shuttle, and she was in it with two men. She was floating in space with two dead men. That's and awesome. It's like, there's like all these cool like things and moments. Why the Last Man pretty much sums up why you don't solve some mysteries. Just don't fucking do it. It'll never be interesting. Needless to say, Matthew Vaughn went from writing Why the Last Man to become a writer on Lost in the last couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, you just don't let things be a mystery. Don't solve a mystery. Why the Last Man is like the, the poster child. Just don't fucking solve the mystery because the mystery isn't 
what's interesting in that scenario. What's interesting is what happened in that world. I should go back and reread all of White Last Man because I read it month by month. And, and I was Are not people making by babies it. by the end of the comic? Yeah. Oh, okay. by the end of it, they figured How out they the procreation it? problem. The the lady astronaut is pregnant. And I think she has a son. She because, sex with one of the Well, with the astronauts before they die. And the thing is, is like. Did she like, have sex with them just because they knew they were about to die? No. I don't think so, no. I, I think. I, I can't remember if they. If they were alive until they entered the Earth's atmosphere, no, at which point they died, I can't remember. Because like the way, like the way you described it to me, it sounds like like radio transmission is set out by this human genome saying yeah. all wa- all male males DNA are unnecessary. I mean, yeah, I may just, be misremembering and oversimplifying. It sounds stupid enough to actually be a legit thing. But yeah, <laughs> I need to go back because York was an interesting character, and his the lady who is his for ostensibly his companion is mm-hmm. an interesting character. I can't remember her name now. She's my favorite. What's her name? The, the only couple issues I picked up were oh, it was like a hot black lady and hot yeah, I can't Asian lady hot like kung fu name. fighting over him, and I was like, this seems stupid as shit. I mean, it's dumb. This seems like a fucking axe body spray commercial. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Anyway, why is it the last guy left standing? The old spice dude, the black guy. Ladies. Oh, I remember now. The reason why he survived is because of, he had a monkey. He's because he's a, he's an indoor kid. He's literally like sequestered himself in his in his in his room. Say for the movie, you get the old Spice guy. Ladies, I'm on a horse. I'm just I'm happy alive. because the Your last time dead. the last time they talked about this movie was going to be Shia LaBeouf, which would have been terrible. Now it's going to be Joseph Gordon-Levitt being chased by na- by half naked ladies. It's going like to make a lot more sense. <laughs> it would make a lot more sense of a Joseph Gordon-Levitt no, no, yeah. I remember that it was long ago back in the day. This tells you how long ago it was. That I thought, oh, maybe Shia LaBeouf will do a good job. <laughs> That's how long ago it was. Yeah, before Indiana Jones. In other Geek Week news, some white guy, Bill Notes, the main dude from Kick-Ass, will be the lead in the Godzilla remake being yeah. rewritten by Frank Darabont. What the hell? I thought everyone was flipping out for this goddamn Godzilla movie that's supposed to be coming out. I guess test footage was shown as at Comic-Con last year. And everyone's talking about this is supposed to be a reboot of the franchise. And for me being stupid, I thought that meant the movie would be about Godzilla attacking Japan. Not that I thought it would be a Japanese language No, they film. meant a reboot of the Matthew Broderick Godzilla. I had no idea that's what they were talking about. I was like, oh my fucking No, they God. may not have, but yeah, that was, yeah. Uh, I mean, granted, when they brought the, uh, Godzilla to the United States, they shot some extra footage of Ray Bradbury. So that you would have a white guy be the star. So it still took place in Japan. But it was still like, it's, it, have you ever seen that Godzilla no. where it's Ray Bradbury just like essentially watching the movie of Godzilla on a TV screen <laughs> going, yes, yeah, so I'm a scientist. That is happening. <laughs> just like they can say, oh, white guy is the star of the movie. That's hilarious. Because he's essentially like saying, oh, these Japanese It's actually Ray Bradbury. Fucked. Yeah, it's Ray, no, not Ray Bradbury. Who's the guy who say? played Matlock? No, not the guy who played Matlock. He's dead. Andy Griffith. No. Oh, God, I'm totally forgetting. He was an old dude back in the day. <laughs> Not Orson saying... Welles. Not Ray Bradbury. Not the great of Ray Bradbury. Just like, like has me being confused. Jesus Christ. Bill, Bill they're not going to make an, an American studio. It's not going to make a movie about Asian people. I just... It's not going to happen. Make it a lower budget movie. Make it an English language movie starring Japanese people in Tokyo. Yeah, that's what one's pretty not gonna... it's, it's Godzilla in Tokyo. Only if it's about white people oh, on no, vacation in Tokyo this, when Godzilla attacks. This, that's the only way that would happen. Oh, did you hear about the movie The Impossible? Yeah, it's about white people dying, like, surviving half, wealthy... Half a million people <laughs> in Thailand get killed. Let's talk about four one percenters on Or a vacation. Or by some water. <laughs> oh, 
fucking Anyway, God. you're freaking out about Godzilla. I'm surprised that's not a Best Picture nomination. <laughs> but yeah, fuck Godzilla. Lick my balls. Even though Frank Darabont's writing the screenplay. Lick my balls. According to Entertainment Weekly, Ronald D. Moore was one of the writers working on George Lucas's live-action yeah, Star Wars TV shit. show. Uh, everyone assumed that when... Uh, di- uh, George Lucas sold Star Wars to Disney that this is just probably... Because this seemed like his pet personal project Yeah, that he's trying to push through. They've been developing this for years, and famously, they said they had 50 episodes in the can written. Yeah. Written, ready But everyone assumed that it was such a... Yeah, such a his pet project that now that he's no longer with the company, that'll probably just go by the wayside. People have pointed out, like, I think within this entertainment article, uh, points out that, like, you know, with Disney owning a TV station... Yeah. A TV network and everything like that, it would actually be a lot easier... For them to actually bring, and if you if you if you're if you own Star Wars and you own a television network, and you just bought Star Wars and you already these it comes with fifty scripts already written, you you go back and hire hire one of those uh, people who wrote, wrote their scripts, ask them to be the showrunner, and you and it's gonna be really expensive to produce, but you got a Star Wars TV show, yeah. For better, for worse. Yeah. That's not a bad package. Why? Why on earth would they take one that's already in development? And it's like, know. like, why would they not and just... Who knows if it's you know any they're good gonna do? or they're not, gonna, They're going to pick up a crew. They're going to make a Star Wars TV show. It's going to happen. It'll be a, but it's not going to be... It's not going like to be this... Because well, it was going to be, like, what, cops? But, like, about stormtroopers? No, it was going to be about, like, bounty hunters, supposedly. Yeah. Yeah, between the Clone Wars and the and, yeah. and the original films. They uh, will absolutely make a TV show, but it's not going to be this thing. That sounds like that's what Ronald D. Moore been doing because ever since yeah. Battlestar ended, he did he did the pilot for the What If Science Was Never Invented show that was <laughs> fucking dumb as balls. But aside from that, well, it was also his virtual reality show that only went to pilot and that fell apart. So yeah. he hasn't been doing anything that actually explains like kind of what he's been doing for the last couple of years. He's been complete radio silence. Yeah, yeah, the fact that he's working on it, the guy who created Battlestar Galactica with the good version, yeah, was working on a Star Wars TV show. That's yeah. a, I would love to see. Not even read those scripts, but I'm, I would love to hear the conversations at the Skywalker Ranch where they, like, yeah. his conversations with George Lucas must have been pretty goddamn be a fly on that wall. Yeah. Especially, he was a huge, I mean, you got his break working on Star Trek also. Yeah. Just if you're a Star Trek Star Wars nerd, it's it's a huge Star Trek guy working on a Star Wars I was going to say, if you were a, a director versus the J.J. Abrams Star Trek scenario. Yeah, I know. It's kind of interesting. But yeah, so, yeah, that, that's interesting. Who knows if that's ever going to come to light. I don't know. Big Finish announcing multi-doctor 50th anniversary yeah. radio show. Uh, so Big Finish is this company that for decades now they put out uh, radio dramas uh, starring uh, Doctor Who, actual Doctor Who cast members as you know doctors and companions and stuff like that. And I think for the longest time, I think they've pointed out like there was an eighth Doctor who only existed in a shitty Fox television oh, movie yeah. where they tried to reboot like an American version of yeah. Doctor Who. And uh, that doctor only existed for one TV special, but he's recorded enough audio specials that there's yeah. technically he has more Doctor Who content out there than the guy who played the ninth Doctor on the on the, when they brought the show back uh, on the BBC, oh, where really? he was only around for a dozen episodes. Yeah, this guy is like this eighth Doctor. He's recorded like like thirty episodes, like like thirty uh, radio dramas. Is that eighth so Doctor? Got, is he canonical? Yeah, he's canonical. That's yeah. hilarious. So, uh, in fact, that they're they're expecting if uh, they do a big. Uh, multi-doctor uh, TV special at the end of the year. He'll probably show. He'll be one of the doctors who shows Dude, up. Dude, if they're going to do that, though, they have to be filming it now, right? Uh, they said so they start filming in March. Yeah. Yeah. In time for Christmas, yeah. Um, so, But, yeah, this is the radio drama where it's going to feature all the doctors, all the surviving doctors who are not part of the TV show. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll be doctors four through eight, I think. Yeah, it'll mm-hmm. be, like, the, the those five guys. That's, so that's kind of cool. It'll be the first time, like, a lot of those doctors have actually interacted. Oh, my God! 
yeah, it's kind of cool. So at least something by the end of the year, you'll have multiple doctors like yelling at each other on a radio. Yay. Drama. That's kind of cool. The next season of Telltale's Walking Dead may use your season one save file somehow. Yeah. Telltale guys just came out and kind of, yeah, it was non-committal as hell. Like, we're looking into this kind of yeah. Which I which really makes it sound like this may be a game still featuring Clementine because that's that would be the only real which connective makes sense. tissue, unless the game is about like maybe who's who's the guy who loves his boat so goddamn much Kenny Kenny maybe like he survived and maybe the I want him. it to be about what's the name of the survivor lady who has the Omid climbing and yeah yeah no 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 the lady who who lived in the, she was oh, a college Molly? student Molly yeah I want it to be the Molly show. Molly was great. And she only shows up for five minutes. Yeah, and then she goes away. And she's super bad. She's the only character in the whole game that's like actually she's, capable and badass. The reason why she is more interesting than me, and the reason why she would conversely be a terrible Walking Dead protagonist, is that she's the only person who goes, this whole group thing ain't gonna work out. Yeah. I'm out of here. Well, that's why she leaves. Yeah. Because she's, yeah, yeah. she's ultimately a more isolated person. You know. Um, oh, the, the other nice thing too is uh, actually it was just last night. I was up late watching this. Was the Hey Ash Watch You Playing guys were doing? Um, they had a friend of theirs who had not finished the last game yet. Yeah. On the PC version of The Walking Dead, and so they uh, essentially like uh, live on Twitch TV live streamed this this girl playing the last episode with color commentary from the other hot players. Yeah. And just like everyone, just like oh my god, oh my god, like her. Fl- it was great to watch someone playing that last episode yeah. for the first time with yeah. everyone in the chat room flipping out and like. I cannot imagine. Oh, a worse context for playing the game than have but it was great to watch (laughs) like a group of people hooting at you this is the thing so we talked a little bit about doing twitch tv gaming sort of stuff and i can see that for the kind of games that bill wants to play but as i was playing kentucky route zero this morning i I was thinking (laughs) i could not think of thing i'd rather play less for an audience (laughs) you gotta use the pipe wrench here no (laughs) um yeah the White House's official response to the online petition that the U.S. military build a Death Star is a hell of a thing. You have probably heard about it because the entire internet When I put that itself. in the show note, notes, that was not quite the... the everyone and everyone. your mom jizzed Guys, itself. pretend it's Facebook and now it's timely. <laughs> <laughs> pretend your mom just sent you it a, is, an it email. It is very cute. This guy... Larry, I heard you like the Star Wars. I heard Obama's not going to make the Death Star. The title wanted. of it was, this isn't this petition response you're looking for. Yeah. It was a very sweet... So it was like there were nerds in the White House. Yeah. It was a very sweet and oh. indulgent response, and God bless. Who do you think I had to write that? Was it Toby, CJ, <laughs> or Donna? <laughs> I broke my leg Well, you week. were like, you said, so Bill tweeted, he's like, you know you watch too much West Wing when you break your leg for real, your first thought is to go, Donna! And I'm like, what, Phil, did you break your fucking leg? <laughs> I know, but that's like hypothetical. <laughs> but hypothetically, you would know you watched too much <laughs> West Wing if you hypothetically broke your leg <laughs> and hypothetically shouted to make much sense. I was confused. Oh my god. The Comic Buyer's Guide, which has been around for over 40 years, will cease publication in March. I haven't seen this on a shelf since like 19... Like 92. I didn't know it was a magazine. I always saw it and I presumed it was a book. I think it was kind of big enough to be a book. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah, a big, yeah. thick pamphlet thing. I didn't realize it had been around for 40 years. Yeah. It's gone now. as March. It'd go bye-bye. Oh. Yeah. So it's almost like, yeah, magazine racks around the nation are still continuing to thin the fuck out. Yeah. Man, I, got, I subscribe for National Geographic under the name Sherlock Holmes. I get so much junk mail now addressed <laughs> to Sherlock Holmes. They gotta make money however they can. Guys, I, 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 I still hope I, I am amusing the mail guy when he has to drop off, like, credit card offers to Sherlock Holmes, though. 
That's hilarious. Come on. Fred Flintstone has been replaced by wrestler John Cena on boxes of Fruity Pebbles until summer. What the fuck? This and this has big... been your week, this week in Breakfast Cereal. This is the bigger joke. hate crime than the Godzilla thing. Why is it Quentin Tarantino? He's a, he's a, he's a known serial aficionado. aficionado. How is he not outraged at this? Will his next movie be about a caveman who kills everyone in the WWF because they took his cereal away? <laughs> God damn. Something like that. What's Tarantino's next movie going to be? Well, he said it was going to be about... He had intended... Killer Crow? Yeah. He was going to have a subplot in Glorious Bastards when... And Glorious Bastards was supposed to be a TV miniseries. And uh, about... uh, a Band of fucking brothers. Yeah. yeah, About a bunch of um, African-American U.S. soldiers who go crazy and kill all their commanding officers. Something like that, yeah. I don't know. I I want another Tarantino period film... But that would be interesting. I mean, I may have been misreading what he was saying, but that would be interesting that he go from from Inglorious to Django to back to World War Two, but still back to World War Two, but with the Django tinge, yeah, Yeah. because it's basically like the whole. It's ultimately like the ultimate. Culmination it sounds like he's not Django. completely committed. It sounds like oh, that's yeah, he's just idea he's had. I, I would yeah. like to see him do something a little bit different. Because you see, you know, he did the pop culture movies for the longest time. Now he's done, like, he's done a couple of historical things in a row. I'd like to see him do, I don't know. What would you want him to do? Documentary yeah. about Fruity Pebbles. <laughs> yeah, boom. I don't know, but yeah. I want him to surprise me. Let's put that way. That's right. Um, so we had asked last week if, any, any, if there's anything y'all wanted us to possibly explore in the Boy Hattie podcast. And beloved... Um, Grumpy Turtle did say that uh, it'd be fun to have a gaming night where any yes. listeners of the Boy Hattie podcast who want to, we can hang out and play maybe a co-op or multiplayer game. I'll have to get an Xbox headset to do that. Yeah, he was like, uh, Minecraft, Red Dead, Grand Theft Auto, World of Warcraft, Tetris, Perfect Dark, Mass Factory, Explosion Man, whatever. <laughs> uh, if any of y'all are intrigued by this concept, let are us know. Do you have any of those games? Do I have any of those games? Yeah. Oh, I got for Red Dead's got the multiplayer. Mass Effect, Red Dead, Grand Theft Auto. Mass Effect Auto. would be interesting. Just so we could talk. Technically, we I could think talk I about do. our favorite Mass Effect plots while shooting each other in Mass Effect. Technically, I do have a World of Warcraft character. I played a Tauren for about 30 minutes. Isn't that free to play for yeah. the first 20 levels? So we yeah. could all actually technically... Actually, that'd be kind of cute because none of us know how to play World of Warcraft. <laughs> just kind of... Tr- actually, that would be kind of fun. Rolling deep. Not not really playing for long term or anything like that, but over the course of like a month when we get like, because I'm sure we all have free month. Like, oh, we could. Oh, that'd be funny if we just reactivate our shit for a month and just kind of <laughs> just fuck, fuck around, around a little bit. That may not be a bad idea. He also says they do enjoy when you guys watch an old movie or something and talk about the history of it, even if it isn't Disney, either being something you've never seen before or a movie you love. We could do like a Boy Howdy podcast movie club sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh, especially Andy's changing recording nights, so that we could do something that's a little more. Yeah, mm-hmm. we can figure out something. Yeah. Um, and he also said, I'd like to see, I know Butch it'll never Cassidy? happen, but oh, we, we can do, Butch, we should do, we should do, our first one should be a double feature of Little Women and Hook. <laughs> there we go. I was going to say, <laughs> I will not do anything that means as much to me as Butch Cassidy's the dance kid. Oh, God. Um, he says, I know it never happened, but I'd be interested in Annie going outside of her comfort zone with games and play something she might not normally play. Um, not to an extreme, not horror games. I'm never playing Amnesia Dark Descent. But maybe an old RPG, Cough, Lost Odyssey, Cough. Or a big, dumb, open-world game like Just Cause 2. You need, you need a Wii to play Lost I think Odyssey. So. Yeah. I'm not looking to make Annie miserable with a game, just trying things she might not at first. I'm trying to think of anything. I actually used to play likes. old RPGs all the time. Yeah. Like That used, that was actually my, my, my end to gaming. Nowadays, I just find I have less... What about me? Well. What would be outside my comfort zone? Not, I'll pretty much play anything. Uh, Bill, you're, really. you're getting omnivore. Yeah. 
And I'll, I'll play. I've played a little bit of Just Cause too. Maybe uh, uh, diet and exercise. Yeah, <laughs> that's play right. That game. Yeah, that's right. Connect. <laughs> Nike Connect. We that's do, it. We should do. We, man, that should be our first Twitch TV as Dance Central. Says I'd also I'd like you guys. I to do pick have up... Star Wars Connect. <laughs> it's true. Uh, I'd love for you guys uh... to pick up Star Wars two, or excuse me, Saints Row two, as I feel it's better than three. That was on sale for ten bucks uh, on demand uh, on Xbox Live over Christmas. I meant to buy Aww. that. I forgot about yeah, it. Yeah, I should have bought it too. Yeah, I've that would have been a perfect time. Is the a... reason why I love Saints Row three so much is that it's such a goofy game. It's such yeah. a self aware ridiculous. I, I game. keep on. I've, I've been told multiple times that. Like objectively from a pure gameplay perspective, and just even in terms of like character customization stuff, that uh, Saints Row Two is a lot better than the third one. The third one's got power. Oh yeah, it's all purple. Saints Row Two actually, I think that's in Saints Row Two as well. And Bill, just make yourself a Kanye custom soundtrack, and you're fine. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. I should pick up Saints Row the second. You should be able to find a disc copy for like ten cents at like Fred Meyer or something. Jesus yeah. Christ! Yeah, and he does he does propose a let's play sort of thing. Yeah, we'll forget. We'll start thinking about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And I like this one. He says I may just be an art freak, but I I think it'd be amazing to see a live stream every now and then of Bill doodling. But that all depends on how private he likes to be while making art. I've been thinking about it. I don't know. I have to figure out how to research how to do that. I have no problem. It's really boring though, because it'd be like two minutes of me drawing, me like looking at Twitter for half an hour. <laughs> Then me pooping for 20 minutes, <laughs> then me getting a hot pocket, then me coming back to drawing for five minutes. <laughs> Forgetting the camera's on, tabbing over to porn. No, mostly it'd be, probably be the WTF subreddit. <laughs> God. That's why I get so much of my delicious, my zesty, <laughs> That's the reason why I can't gifts. click on anything. That's that why I found the news story today about the doctor who accidentally ripped the baby's oh. head off. I read I the thought headline that was an of onion that, article at first. and I was like, I can't read this article. I like the world is turning into a goddamn onion article. <laughs> Did you see the onion article? <laughs> this is this is actual perfect mirror of real life. Did you see the onion article? It was hilarious. No, the one about um, uh, people being killed by gorillas. What? <laughs> this is this made more sense before I actually said it out loud. It's about oh about how sales. Uh, after the latest gorilla attack, sales of personal gorillas are skyrocketing because the idea that you're going to be attacked by a gorilla at you the should mall, have a gorilla. you should have your own personal gorilla so you can I strike get back. it. See? I get it. It was funnier if you actually read it on the idiot rather than having a fat guy who can't think very straight telling uh, you about it on the radio. So, beloved listener, or boy, howdy listener, Sid has started playing Walking Dead herself. Oh, no. And she just tweeted, I only played about two hours, but I swear to God, if anybody touches a hair on Clementine's head, I will literally <laughs> rip them apart. Uh, spoilers. C- congratulations, Sid. You have figured out the crux of the Walking Dead game. So that's my question, though. Like in the second game, can they can they do can they pull that off again? Because so much of that is your relationship with Clementine between Lee and Clementine. Can they just replicate that? I feel like they have that's to do something different. No, that's why I'd almost rather wish the second game was a whole new thing. Yeah, because I'm like Clementine, and if she can come back in a future game or something like that, yeah. but I almost wish they could start from scratch over again and just do something else. Or do like the Kill Bill sequels, where it's like ten years later and we're now There's seeing adult like Clementine, that. which that could be interesting too. Yeah. Um, that's that's too different for what they're going for. But though. if it's just like somebody else, like become be, be friends Clementine like five minutes after the end of the first yeah. game, I'm like, 
It seems like you're kind of using... It's not The Walking Dead anymore. It's it's the Clementine game. Yeah. Really. That's what the series really comes down to. The zombies and everything are just kind of peripheral to gotta protect Clementine. Yeah. Well, yeah. the one the one piece of fan art that was floating around was the picture of Clementine yeah. and Molly. And that, Which you know... Which is totally fan fiction. It's, it's fan really fiction. It's badass and they have guns. It's fan fiction. Also, but their relationship would be Clementine more interesting. nine. How badass do you think she's gonna be? Well, my thing is... My point is that that would be interesting because Molly... Molly then you have inherently a, a different conflict because Molly is by her nature she she's a good person also but her, game with a female lead that would be nice female like lead yeah. boom but um th- that would be interesting because it'd be you know she is an isolationist sort of person yeah. she's like does her own thing whereas Lee's instinct he's a father his instinct was to reach out and take care of this child like maybe Molly's conflict would be like maybe the sequel is Here oh comes. god I can't even make this joke because it's spoilers uh, for the end of uh, <laughs> I just I um Lee Unchained. <laughs> all I'm going to say about the sequel. I'm going to write that on a piece of paper, mail Spoilers, it to Telltale. Um, Lee kills Leonardo DiCaprio in the end of Walking Dead. That's so bad because then, like, Clementine. Le- like, Clementine has that cigarette holder in her mouth. It's just no, weird. but then, like, Leonardo DiCaprio's like, here, I'm going to sell you Ben. But I'm going to sell you Ben until you shake my hand. And Clementine's like, I don't want to shake your hand. Leonardo DiCaprio's like, you got to shake my hand. And Clementine's like, fine, I'll shake your fucking hand. And shoots him. And then all hell breaks loose. Uh-huh. What the hell's that? <laughs> I did like that. And spoilers for Django Uncharted. <laughs> yeah, I... Did, 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 did you expect that coming when Kristoff Walt shoots yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio? Oh, yeah. I guess you, you're like, yeah. The, they he, had that whole establishment. He actually lifts up his arm to, like, uh, shake his hand. You can actually see, like, like you know, the, yeah, the, 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 the silhouette of the gun in his hand. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, because you know what's going to happen. Yeah. like, oh, Leonardo DiCaprio, I want you to die so bad. <laughs> what do you think of Leonardo DiCaprio in that movie? I thought he did a great job. I loved his cre- creepy teeth. Yeah. I loved his costuming. I thought he did a great job. Southern accent, like oh yeah, I, do. I like how like he's he's a francophile, but he can't speak. He French. can't speak. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like, was like Monsieur Candy. Like, yeah, oh, he's like I Candyland. Jesus I Christ, love that Mendingo crazy Quentin <laughs> Tarantino, you crazy oh, asshole! God. I'm so glad you exist. He's a fucking crazy person. I love him. Friends, this is the Boy Hattie Podcast, where we casually spoil things <laughs> left and right. Man, have you ever seen the end of 2001 where he turns into a baby? I have yet to see 2001 in Space Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> and it's exactly for that reason. It's another one of those movies that has been alluded to way too many times to have any sort of impact yeah. on me. So, God bless. Oh my god, my head's... Oh, my, I wrote buttholes on my hand to <laughs> ask everyone about OBGYN butthole experience. This is the Boy Hattie Podcast. We're at Boy Hattie Podcast on Twitter. BoyHattiePodcast.com is our website. You can shout at us there. Let us know what games you want us to play, if you want us to play games. I don't yeah, actually, that's, if, now if now we're going to commit to a Twitch TV or something like that, we should start thinking about what games do we want to play. Would you guys want to watch us play games? Would you guys want to play games Are we with gonna us? Are we going to Twitch TV, like playing Bioshock Infinite for the first time? T- seeing how, can we touch... Uh, Titties? You can do that. Invariably, this whole Twitch TV thing is going to turn into play with Bill. More like. I know, whereas Annie just gets alienated and wanders away as fast as possible. Well, I just, it's just so Does anybody want to do Twitch TV with me where I'm like, eh, titties. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the question, won't it? Butts. You just want to see Bill spell out butts and bullet holes on the side <laughs> of a wall. And Did I send you the link to the video? Have you seen Key and Peele? They're a comedy duo, duo on Comedy Central. They're two black guys. And the one guy 
there's a little rap video where he's like like super political rapper guy where he's talking about how like he's trying to help the black moms and are all lonely and there's his partner comes out and he's like the crazy black rapper where he's all like I love titties 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 he has this great rap where he talk, wants to eat he wants to eat all big old titties from every goddamn city oh my god it makes me <laughs> Bill, is it like your is it your spirit animal in song I, I've watched that video like 15 fucking times in the last three days and now I know what the closing music of this week's episode is gonna be alright friends we'll be back next week to talk about more dumb shit at length. See you guys. Bye. I preach from my ass. My farts is my sermons. The church is your mouth where I shoot my holy sperm in. You can take your role models, roll them up my meat. Bitches always on the menu when I go out to eat. But everywhere we go, we don't forget the struggle, son. Black woman, two jobs, two kids, too tired to juggle them. Juggle up, juggle up, tickety, tickety, juggle up. Yum, yum, yummy, titty, titty.